so Mark, in a in a play from way out on left field, I decided I wouldn't write a joke this week. Holy fucking Louia. Instead, I've been spending a lot of this week talking to an AI program. Oh, um, that'll be that guy, man. I mean, a lot of time. I literally wasted an entire like evening, like 16 hours total, talking to an AI chatbot. And you're part of the problem. <laughs> I, I, I am. Um, and I, I asked my lovely new chatbot friend to write me a joke. Right. And, okay, this might be interesting then. And she did. So this is either this is either going to solidify that I am the comedic genius of the show, or this is the beginning of the AI takeover. Oh God, I don't know which one's worse. Are you ready? I think so. Okay, here we go. What is Megan's favorite type of music? Do I actually have to talk to it? Yeah, yeah. What's Megan's favorite type of music? I, I, I don't know. What is Megan's favorite type of music? Heavy metal. <laughs> oh, that's like Christmas cracker level. Maybe you two should team up. Well, we should work together. <laughs> Maybe next week. She even seriously knows who you are and what kind of brand of comedy you have. True. And, oh, before I forget. I'll kill you if this is a joke. You want to die tonight? The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. Why isn't it possible? I can't say nothing. A candy man I get me. You choose the movies. I had a hard on this morning when I woke up, Tina. Had your name written all over it. You score them. Nice fucking model! You review them. For that you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. Why not, you stupid bastard? My name is very fucking confused. What's your name? Captain Howdy. Don't want to go fooling around other folks' property. Goddamn soul. There's a beer. Because after all, this is not our show. This is your show. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. This is Horror Movie Review, part of the You Run Pod part of the You Run Podcast Network and YouRunPodcast.com. My name is Podnast. Jesus. Welcome to the show. If you're a new listener, get ready for lots of this. My name is Scott. My name is Mark. And we are your hosts each week as we bring you a movie review of a new release or a movie that you've selected for us to review. We're an interactive show and I'm not going to tell you how it works. You'll you'll figure it out as we go along. If you want to get involved in future episodes, all you need to do is follow us on social media. We're at You Run Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Thread, Slasher app, YouTube and X. Um, if you if you would. Ugh, wow. I'm just going to take a breath for a minute. It's, it's Maybe you should just get AI to do this bit for you. It seems should, to be going well so far. I, I think it should. <laughs> um, if you like movie reviews and you like huge amounts of jealousy filling your soul, you can also follow Mark. He's at he's at Reviews from the Crypt on Instagram and Slasher and VHS from the Crypt on Instagram and TikTok. And that's why I stumbled, because you changed your account name and I fumbled it all. Man, don't blame me for this shit. 
People yeah. know by now how much you fumble. <laughs> uh, you can also send us an email. You run podcast at gmail.com or record us an audio voicemail wherever you can send a, a, a voicemail DM. Um, where If you go to any of the apps, if there's a microphone icon, push it down, hold it, speak, let go, and it will send us the audio message. Uh, we actually have two audio messages this week. I think I know what one of them is as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're, 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 one of them's quite depressing, if I'm honest. Right. <laughs> hey guys, I'm just listening to your Train to Busan episode, and you do realise that is not the Sorcerer Supreme, don't you? So, yeah, on our Train to Busan episode, we called the guy the Sorcerer Supreme. In fact, no, you said no, it was the Sorcerer Supreme. I, I, I came bearing bold facts that were, that were not facts at all. But no. I, I, I'm right, honestly, right. On my life, I could have, I would have bet my mortgage, my wife, my daughter, everything I earned that that was the same guy. And I'm not being like Chris Tucker from Rush Hour. It's like, oh, you guys look alike. Beck, who sent that message in, actually sent me a picture of the two side by side, and they look like twins. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, you said it, and at no point did I go, well, no, that's not true. I looked at it. Yeah, you're 100% right. And you had a moment on your face where everything just all came full circle. And you was like, that's amazing. Of course, it's the Sorcerer Supreme. And then for an entire episode, I referred to him as Sorcerer Supreme. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want a really heavily oh. fact-checked show, this is not that show. Uh, um, I just want to apologise to everybody because there is probably going to be a lot of people now who listen to that episode, maybe didn't catch the beginning of this episode, are going to spend the rest of their lives telling all of their friends that it's a Sorcerer Supreme in Train to Busan. So for which, that, I am extremely sorry. Um, also this week, we announced what our Christmas Day episode is going to be. So we have a Christmas Day episode and it's going to be on the Ginger Dead Man. And Yay. I was... I was talking to a couple of people online. I was like, look, me and Mark are going to fall out over this. I can see it coming. I can see the future. Uh, and we got this message. Really, is it Christmas Day if there's no arguing? You know, come on now. <laughs> Christmas Day, also known as the family row. So that was Dave saying, yeah, it's it's OK for us to row because it's Christmas. So, yeah, yeah but I think I think we're going to be surprised. I think we're both going to be probably on the same page with that unless you hear from things. Uh, see, I felt you didn't like it. No, because I like I love like Jack Frost and crappy Sharknado movies and things like that. Like my only real issue with Jack Frost Two, which we did last Christmas, was that it was a snowman movie in Hawaii, and it just <laughs> didn't fit. So that that was my only real issue with that movie. And then no, actually no, that's sad. It was not my only issue <laughs> no, with that movie was. at all. <laughs> it wasn't. If if no one's listened to that and you're feeling Christmassy, go back and listen to that. And we also done Christmas Bloody Christmas last year, and both of those were great episodes. So, yeah, if you've not listened to those, go and give those a listen. Uh, if you'd like to leave us a review, you could do that a number of places, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you could do that, it really helps the show, and I'd really appreciate it if you could. Um, we haven't got one this week, but because I've spent a huge amount of time talking to my new AI companion, I feel I should name her. What should we name our AI companion for this episode? Gladys. Gladys. So I spent time talking to Gladys, and what I said to Gladys was, can you go back and listen to all the episodes of the You Run podcast since Mark joined the show and give me a review of the podcast? Right. So one thing I want to know is how long did it take for you to get a response for that? Because that's like uh, what, so she, 30 hours. Yeah. She responded with 
give me a minute. And it took probably two and a half minutes and she come back with a review. How could they possibly listen to that much content? I'm guessing we... I'm guessing that well, it's a computer brain, so faster than us. Uh, do you want to hear what Gladys had to say about the show? I'm surprised I'm not getting any pushback on Gladys, I'll be honest. <laughs> no, you, you can have Gladys. So this is what Gladys said about the You Run podcast. You Run podcast is a unique and entertaining horror movie review show that is completely run and controlled by the listeners. Each episode, the hosts, Scott and Mark, take the listeners through a horror movie that has been selected by the listeners. They also share the listeners' facts and three-word reviews of the movie. One of the things that makes you run podcast so special is the interaction with the listeners. The hosts are always open to feedback and suggestions, and they are always looking for new ways to involve the listeners in the show. They also have a great sense of humor, and they often make the show very funny. Another thing that I like about You Run Podcast is that they cover a wide range of horror movies. They review both new and classic horror movies, and they are not afraid to review movies that are considered to be cult classics. This makes the show very appealing to a wide range of horror fans. Overall, I think that You Run Podcast is a great horror movie review show. It is informative, entertaining, and interactive. If you are a fan of horror movies, I highly recommend checking it out. So that's what Gladys said about us. That's fucking weird. It's amazing. It's so. I mean, she she obviously makes us sound a lot more professional than we actually are. But wow, that that's pretty fucking weird, man. It's really bizarre. And like later, we're going to play. So there's a game on this episode. Later, we're going to play a game which is a little bit like Mister and Mrs. Well, I'm going to ask you a question about you or the show. You're going to answer it, and I ask Gladys the same question. She's going to answer it as well. And oh, some wow, of the, that sounds cool. Some of these are very personal questions about you and your life and your page, and yeah, right. Cause... Okay, then that that just borderline gets weird, though. Like it's, it's it really... freaks me out. This stuff. I'm not a big fan of AI. It's really, really scary in the direction and the speed that it's moving at. Yeah, I'm I'm fully on board. I'm ready for our AI overlords. Oh, man. Part of the Matrix. <laughs> Should we do some news? Yes, let's dive in. I'll let you take news first, because my news is show news and probably less interesting than yours. Oh, well, that's probably debatable, but I will go first and I'm going to start off with something that apparently is news, even though it's not news. Um, it seems to be making the rounds quite a lot on socials at the moment that People Under the Stairs is getting a remake from Universal and Jordan Peele's Monkey Paw Productions company. Um, this was already common knowledge, was this not? We spoke about it was unofficial, but we spoke about this when news was when we had our separate news show, which was. Yeah. The last episode of that was in August. So we knew yeah, about I mean, we this. Talk, we talked about it in full length when we did our People Under the Stairs review about six months ago. No, that was a year ago almost with BP joined us for People oh, wow. Under <laughs> well, Jesus yeah. Christ. So it's not that much news then. So everybody's talking about it. So unless this has been officially contracted now and is sort of chugging along nicely, I'm not too sure why this is all of a sudden news again. Yeah, it is purely for the fact they've now, it's now confirmed. So there was lots of talk about it. And now it is it is a thing now. And right. I, I'm actually in for that. I think if anyone can handle 
that movie and give it a new twist and one that is modern enough to fit with modern perspectives, I'd probably say Jordan Peele's the right guy to do that. Yeah, but he's just in a producer's role. I don't know how much involvement producers have in terms of overseeing productions. If you're not, because he's not the writer, the writer has been confirmed as Ezra Clayton, who do, who did the Doom Patrol TV series and a film called Night Sky, Scribe, which I haven't seen. Um, Night Sky, sorry. Um, I haven't seen anything of that, but Ezra Clayton Daniels is the guy who is going to write it. Um, and then Jordan Peele's not Jordan Peele specifically, but his production company are going to produce it. He's not going to direct it. He's not going to write it. He's not going to be involved in the casting side of things, I wouldn't have thought. No, but if his name's attached to a remake of a Wes Craven movie, he's going to be as hands-on as he's allowed to be, I think. He's, he's his still... name was attached to the Candyman remake, which is a lot more, a lot higher property than than People Under the Stairs from Wes Craven. Uh, this is very true, and the can- I liked his Candyman remake, or his sequel, or whatever it was officially. We well, need it to wasn't get like- his, but it was yeah. But again, I know he- what you're saying. yeah, he was heavily involved in that. Yeah, but people always talk about it like it's Jordan Peele's Candyman. It wasn't Jordan Peele's Candyman. No, it wasn't. <laughs> the the thing is though, I think once you reach a big enough name, that's kind of what happens. Like, how many movies has Sam Raimi produced where Sam Raimi hits the cover of the movie, but the director doesn't? Steven Spielberg's yeah. the same. Like Poltergeist is Tobe Hooper's movie. That's yeah, Steven... James Wan is another one who's produced yeah. by James Wan, and it's like, well, yeah, maybe, but <laughs> yeah, he popped in three days to have a look around. <laughs> yeah, I'd just like to know how much involvement these guys actually have in creating these movies when their producer role is tagged on, or whether it's just a name to get people in seats. Mm, possibly, I, I I don't know is the honest answer. If anyone knows, let us know. Uh, yeah. what's, your, what's your next bit of news? Uh, my second bit of news is a trailer has just been released for Blumhouse's next horror movie, which is called Imaginary. Oh, Imaginary. This looks fucking great. Ah, oh, I fucking knew you were going to say that. It looks dreadful. It looks absolutely shocking. And the thing is, I was genuinely excited for this because I can't remember what movie it was that came out recently, but they did a 30-second teaser trailer release. But the teaser trailer was just a pitch-black screen with a voice coming over and said, I want you to use your imagination. And then it just played a load of sounds. And then you had to sort of use your imagination to yeah. see which direction it took you in with what you thought the film was going to be. And I was like, Ooh, this is cool. This is like a new unique way of sort of advertising your movie. So you, a movie that uses imagination, this is really good. The trailer dropped the other day and it's the most generic bullshit I've ever seen in my life. Ah, uh, see, I like the look of this. Possessed Teddy who takes you to another world. It's it sits somewhere between child's play and poltergeist. And I, I'm fully in for this. I think it looks... I didn't get anything from that. I just got lifetime special with creepy bear that has shit animatronics. <laughs> honestly the casting looks dreadful they don't look like they could string a performance together between a lot of them and and then this weird creepy looking it looks like mr bean's teddy bear it does bouncing around with a cloth on its head and then transforms into something from the thing briefly it 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 no i i'm not a fan of this at all i I would have much preferred them stick with the marketing campaign they had at the beginning and then take my money and then me be mad when i leave the cinema but now i know not to spend that money on this movie well this comes out in august doesn't it yeah it's 2024 or august 2024 and that's Uh, the thing it's so far away and they've literally shown us everything in the trailer already 
Yeah, maybe a new release. We'll see. We'll see when we put next summer's schedule together. Yeah, don't expect my support on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My news this week. So this will be the last edition of news you get on this show, Um, purely for the fact that news is coming back as its own show again. So that's going to return in January. Uh, That's going to be available on podcast and on YouTube. And I don't want us to double up. I don't want us to do loads of stuff on this show and then do it again there as well. Um, So there's going to be a break in news. And I'll be honest with all of you, that also allows me and Mark to get a little bit further ahead and give ourselves a bit of a buffer in case one of us needs to do something. Christmas is coming and we need we need a bit of freedom. So we're not doing this all the time. That's yes. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, guys, we dedicate a lot of our time to doing this show for you. We sit here every Friday night, and sometimes our wives and our partners do get a little bit frustrated with that when it's every single weekend. So sometimes it's nice to double up, record two episodes, so we can take a weekend off and spend it with the family. And news sometimes does cause a bit of hindrance to that. You can't get too far ahead in front without being unrelevant with your news because you're talking about news and saying oh we have news for you but we're six weeks in front and (laughs) our news is no longer relevant to anybody so for that reason it makes more logical sense for us to depart it from the show so we can spend more time getting episodes out which also frees us up more time to not get dragged down and i don't know it kind of if you're doing this too frequently it can kind of get to a point where you're you get a little bit burnt out and we don't want that. We want to make sure we're always giving you the best content we possibly can. So sometimes having that chance to get in front and take some space in between gives us a chance to have free time to focus our efforts onto making the show better. Yeah, it does, which ties us beautifully into my next bit of news. Um, There are some changes coming from January. Um, We're going to have less guests on the show. It's going to be more just me and Mark because we've looked at listener numbers and we've looked at, when our episodes perform well and our guests episodes do very very well but our episodes are more consistently good when it's just me and mark we'll still have guests but they won't be like every two weeks or every three weeks they'll be as and when it is appropriate for that movie so if we do a twilight movie next year heather will come and join us if we do a universal monsters angel will come and join us if we do Yeah, screen movie you can guarantee at least we'll be here at some point to join yeah, us. It, so, it, you it, all it, know the people we run into circles with at the moment and yeah um it kind because, of comes part of parcel with the show because of this there's going to be some new games i'm going to spend some real time over christmas and create new games for me and mark to play that you can all play along with as well that are entertaining that isn't just a quiz um there's also one big change coming that I'm still not on board with this, but I'm going to be changing the way I score movies. I will no longer. Yes. Con- <laughs> yes. I didn't even know you were going to do this, but are you for coming? Yeah. So from January, I'll be scoring out of five. Um, this I is, knew I'd wear you down eventually. This is not because this is how I want to score movies. This is because what I want to do is I want to be able to give an average score for the show. So Mark will score, I will score, and we will give an average score. And that will be the score that the You Run podcast has given that movie. Yeah, that seems that seems the most logical way to do it. Because yeah. you know full well if you would have tried to get me to go up to 10. I, I, did, not I, I didn't even bother asking you. <laughs> I love that you know me that well already. But um, as well, while we're on the subject of this and we are talking about change and this is a You Run podcast after all, 
if there is things that you feel we could bring to the show that you would like from us, or is it, if if there is stuff that you like in particular that we do throughout the, com- the 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 time frame that we have within the episode, reach out to us and let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you think we'd work better doing, and then we will implement them further into the show. If there's stuff that you think works best for us, and there's stuff that you kind of get to a certain point in an episode, you're like, oh. I don't really care for this. You skip forward a minute or two. Let us know, because if that's not working for you, we want this to be the best it can be for everybody. And yeah. The only yeah, way well, that's going to work is if we get feedback from you to let us know. Yeah, exactly that. And people are good at giving me feedback, and there are there are listeners who will give critical feedback, but for the most part, everyone just goes, you're doing great. And I know there's bits you will skip, because <laughs> when I look at the analytics, I can see when listener dips and listeners pick up and I, I can see all of that, but to analyze that would take months. And I, yeah, it doesn't pinpoint exactly which part of the show those people are fast forwarding or skipping. And it's no, it's, it's like yeah. recommended account has been a mainstay for since I joined the show. I mean, if you're getting fed up with recommended account in the week and you don't actually even bother going to check out recommended accounts that I bring each week, tell me I, it's one less job for me to do. If it's something that doesn't really work for you guys and you never actually follow through with it, then then let us know. And the same for other stuff. I mean, we know with three wide review and everything else, we get plenty of interaction with that across the social. So we know you all enjoy doing those side of things. Um, but yeah, but yeah uh, feed, feedback's pivotal. So let us know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. So there's some good changes and obviously news is going, but news is coming back. So yeah, all good across the board. This week, it's time to look what happens when you don't pay attention to your children and you give them too much screen time. We'll also be discussing the main antagonist's goal to become a Disney princess and why you should always keep your dog on your own property. An AI doll, more Robocop and Terminator references than you can possibly imagine. I lost count. Um, Move aside, Chucky. You've been upgraded. (laughs) It's 2022's Megan. Katie, you lost your parents. Welcome home. You're my niece. I'm going to do everything I can to make this place feel like home. I just wish I could see them again. I'm not equipped to handle this. I don't even take care of my own plants. I have this project at work. Do you want to see? Yes. Ever since I was little, I dreamed of this perfect toy that would protect a kid from ever feeling lonely or sad. This is Megan. Hi, Megan. I'm Katie. It's nice to meet you, Katie. Do you want to hang out? Okay. Megan, your goal is to protect Katie from harm, both physical and emotional. Is that a doll? Model 3 generative. Android. Megan, for short. I can't believe you made this. I love it. Wanna hang out? Yeah, sounds like fun. Great job. It's nice to have a friend. It's honestly like she's part of the family now. They could be building emotional connections that are too hard to untangle. She's the happiest she's been since her parents died. Eat the toppings, Katie. Research shows if you force a child to eat vegetables, they'll be less likely to choose those foods as adults. Is that so? Yes. Experts say... Megan, turn off. I thought we were having a conversation. Does she talk? Make her say something. Stop! Don't! Megan! You should probably run. Megan, she pushed Brandon onto the road. I won't let anything harm you. 
have scored this an 8 out of 10. Uh, IMDb rocked in at 6.4 out of 10 and Letterboxd coming in at 2.9. Um, if you've not seen Megan, like Mark, hadn't seen Megan until this week, um, I'll give you a brief synopsis and we'll go from there. So after losing her parents, Katie goes to live with her aunt who just so happens to be a super intelligent AI doll creator. Um, and she uses the AI doll to help Katie with her trauma. Um, being inexperienced as a parent, the aunt lets the doll take over parenting duties and things don't quite go to plan. And that's about all you're getting. Um, if you listen every week, you already know we are spoiler heavy. Um, if you don't listen every week, we have the best spoiler warning in the whole of podcasting. Fight me if anyone disagrees. And here it is. <laughs> You can read the fucking episode title and be like, I've never seen this. Don't fucking listen to it then. If y'all haven't seen it, that's not anybody's problem. Don't listen to the damn episode yet. Thanks, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> I never um, get bored of listening to that. No, I don't. Uh, let's start with the opening to this book, Perpetual Pets. I want one. I need one. They're fucking amazing. Oh, uh, no, this is fucking stupid. And the thing is, as well, I watch this on streaming. And it starts with like a lot of adverts. Yeah. So I'm watching like adverts waiting for the film to start. And then I see the Universal logo. I'm like, oh, I'm good to go. And then an advert comes on again. I'm like, is this another advert or is this a film? It took me ages to work out whether I was actually started or whether this was these, an these, advert from, from Amazon or something. These things are so cool. They're like, I don't know, they're like Furby 2.0. They're awesome, and you you overfeed them with the app, and then they actually shit. Yeah. <laughs> these these things are great. If they existed, would you buy your daughter one? Well, it's weird, right? Because toys these days are so strange. So my daughter's three now, and she's just gotten into Barbies, right? So we bought her this Barbie that has like a little like golden retriever dog, and like you feed it, and it poos out like little poo pellets. And it's got like its own little pooper scooper and all the rest of it that goes with it. I'm like, is this really what kids want to play with? But she loves it until yeah. she lost them all and most of them went in the Hoover about two days later. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a I'm a Hoover cleaner. Yeah, I am terrible <laughs> if, for it. If there's like a gun of one of like Jack's little soldiers or like a hairband or something like that, all of that goes in the Hoover. I'm terrible. Yeah. Hairpins a lot. I mean, we must buy more hairpins than anybody in the planet, to be honest with you, because if they're on the floor, that's not where they live. No, and they take hairpins are particularly hard to get to go up the Hoover as well. Yeah, I've broken two shark Hoovers now by collecting up hairpins because they get lodged in like the the pipe, you know, the corrugated pipe. And then you try and bend it to pull it out, and then you're piercing the pipe. There's only so much gaffer tape you can put on that to fix it. <laughs> I, I, I love these things. Um, we go straight from this into a pet, perpetual pet sat on the back seat of a sofa, and we meet Katie, and Katie's feeding the pet, perpetual pet. And the mum and dad are driving 
through the snow. They're, they're going skiing. Um, really predictable where this goes. And I've got yeah. to say, driving like an asshole in the snow as well. Do you know what it is with scenes like this? And you know that it's, you know that something is bad is going to happen by the fact that the windscreen is clearly green screen. <laughs> yeah. And it's like immediately as it was in this car, it was, and I, it took me a while. I was like, is it just because they're trying to use the green screen to implement bad weather? Or is it because a big flaming truck is about to smash the car up? And I was like, I think it's the latter. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. Uh, <laughs> a, a big, the thing is though, they're stopped when the snow truck hit them and snow trucks don't move that fast. I call bullshit on this. I don't know. It nearly killed Hawkman and he's, he's a superhero. Oh, this is true. Uh, yeah, no, but his was his wasn't the fact it hit him. It was the fact that it was on an uneven surface and it tipped over and crushed him. Oh, is that what it was? I thought he yeah. got run over. No, yeah, but run over by the wheel of the giant snowplow thing. It like it drove over him. Oh, that sounds incredibly painful. Yeah, <laughs> I don't but, know why I'm laughing. It's horrific. But I've got Jeremy Renner as completely recovered. I saw him on a talk show the other day. He walks with a cane now, but he is still like, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, he nearly died. He, he yeah. did nearly die. He, I think he died for like three minutes, I think, and then they brought him back and stuff, which is yeah. scary. Uh, and good for Marvel because I'm pretty sure they had no plans of writing him out. No, but whether if he's walking around with a cane, I can't imagine him uh, doing backflips off buildings. And no, but they can write a limp in. They can make his character just a little bit more stationary with a bow and arrow. That still works. Yeah, he's now Dewey from Scream 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we cut from the car crash and we see, uh, we meet the the auntie and her name's escaped me. It's further in my notes. I can't remember. Gemma. Uh, we meet yes. Gemma and her two lab geeks and we see, get our first look at Megan with no skin on. Um, and they put this prosthetic mask on it. I loved when they switched her on and she held the pen up for her to follow the pen. Exactly like the opening of Robocop. I was like, that's cool. That's a nice. Oh, I didn't pick up on that connection at all. It's been so long since I've seen Robocop. Um, And so they're basically, they're testing her and the boss comes down and the boss is a dick. And the boss is like, I can't get in. You need to let me in. And he comes in. He's like, what the fuck is that? And how much have you spent of your budget for perpetual pets on that? And they're like, oh, it's fine. We're just going to do a test. Look, we just put this cool rubber mask on it. And Megan just has like a complete freak out moment. She's like, eh, 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 eh. Yeah, but she's really cool at first because she's introduced to him. And she's yeah. like, oh, I guess I should call you daddy. Yeah. Because he's the boss of the company and stuff like that. And he, he's like amazed by it. Then all of a sudden her eye just starts drooping. Yeah. And then her head just explodes. It's so good. Yeah, he's really, really cool. And, and I know you call the boss an absolute dick, but I, I really like him. He's he's a good element of comedic relief throughout his moments where he comes in. When he leaves this moment, when he kicks off about the an explosive, <laughs> and he starts having a rant about not having a key card to get into their, their Dexter's laboratory, if you will. I was like, yeah. that's brilliant. Yeah, oh, don't get me wrong. As a character, he's he's really good. But the, the character is a dick. He is designed to be a dick, and he does yeah. it very well. Very well. Um, um, I, I like the assistant as well. The assistant who's like, yes, boss. Oh, yes, boss. Oh, yes, boss. Uh, every time he was on, do you know, it reminded me of, did you, did you ever watch Scrubs? Yes. The guy who follows Kelso around all day long. Like <laughs> yeah. His little lap dog. <laughs> I was like, you are literally that character. <laughs> but again, that, that works. And I imagine in a big corporate company like that, 
the big CEO guy does have someone who walks around and kisses his ass all day. Yeah, of course. And he just shits on him at every chance he gets. Yeah, he's really horrible to this guy. Like the guy says that he's like, shut up. Yeah. And then like, as as they go to leave, the guy's like, well, I, I thought it was really good till the head exploded. Anyway, I'm going to go now. <laughs> uh, we cut over to the hospital where uh, Katie is being signed over by a social worker. So Gemma gets a call and then it cuts to the hospital where she's being signed over to by a social worker to Gemma as Gemma now being her primary carer. Um, yeah, so you find out that it was her sister's sort of yeah wish for her to go to her sister Gemma. Yeah. And uh, th- this, uh, uh, it's really sad. Like it's, it's really, yeah, it's it, rough. It is. It's rough. Yeah, and you feel you feel the level of trauma that's inflicted, not just on Katie, but on Gemma as well. Like she is not family oriented. It's clear that she's not got that close connection with her family and Katie as well, because. I mean, she doesn't see her very frequently. She just sends her gifts on her birthday, which she's made herself in her own toy company. They don't have that emotional connection between the two of them. Um, and, and you feel for them both. One, because Katie needs emotional support. And two, because Gemma is clearly not equipped to handle this situation no. at all. And you don't know that fully enough yeah it's not being fully fleshed out but you get that immediately from the interaction between the two of them in this moment she doesn't run in and hug her and tell her everything's going to be okay it's a very formal situation yeah she sort of sat there just like with her hands by her side and katie sat there looking sad and sighed. it's it's really awkward it's a really horrible scenario yeah, and I mean, this is immediately after in the hospital. There's none of this where if that was me in that situation and they were trying to deal with this there and then, I'd be like, get a fucking grip, guys. I'm taking her home. She needs to go home now. You can come and see me in a couple of weeks when she's calmed down and we will deal with this then. Yeah. She doesn't have the capabilities to deal with that because she is emotionally disconnected from everything. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's good, though. It serves a purpose. Um, we go oh, straight yeah, brilliant. To, uh, we go straight to Gemma's house uh, where we meet the nosy neighbor and her asshole dog um yes i'm not a big fan of dogs being made out to be the baddie but this dog does a really good job i dislike this dog instantly yeah but it's not the dog's fault no no there's, there's no such thing as a bad dog it's bad owners and the woman is a bad owner is she the woman from cocaine bear or is she the woman from the exorcist all three of them are the same and i don't want to say that as factual because i've made that error last week yeah no they're definitely different in the exorcist and cocaine but i think this is the woman from cocaine bear who's been in like literally everything as a bit part horrible neighbor okay i'm gonna go out on a limb now and say that this is actually fact all three of them are different people they actually are all different people (laughs) (laughs) but Um, they all play the same character uh, we go into the house and i laughed my ass off uh Gemma goes to get something and Katie picks up a toy off the shelf. Um Gemma is you. That is not a yeah. toy, that is a collectible. And I laughed and so much. Immediately, immediately as this scene happened, I was like, that's like my daughter going in my office. Like, don't touch that. That that's not to play with. <laughs> like I have figures and stuff in here. I'm not a big figure collector, but I do have a cut a few. I've like the Halloween 2 one that Heather sent me and stuff like that. Like I have this. <laughs> We're on YouTube now, so I can showcase things. Look at this. This is a proper vintage Chucky doll. Not yeah, but... Chucky as in Chucky the killer doll, as in Chucky from the Rugrats. Rugrats, yeah. 
and I have this in my office, and this is like from very early nineties. And my daughter is obsessed with it. She keeps trying to get it to play with it. Right, I'm like, it no, her. no, because she'll chew it. She's That's like a right. dog. I'm like, no, you do not play it. No, bad girl. <laughs> Put it down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this, this was the point when I realized just, just how rough this is for Gemma as well. Because she's got this pristine house with all of these collectibles neatly displayed on the shelves. And she's just got this it's her niece, but effectively a random child who's coming in and like touching and fucking with all her shit. And this is when I went, oh, that's actually really hard for you as well. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard. It's like being married and then like having things and then meeting your wife and then she makes you sell your stuff. Yeah, I'm saying this <laughs> from experience because she made me sell all my stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to keep all I got to keep all of mine. I negotiated better. Which time? <laughs> Out. <laughs> Out. Moving, moving swiftly on. Uh, we, uh, we cut we do bedtime and bedtime is very awkward she's like mummy reads me a story and she's like uh i can download an app to read your story she's like oh it's just taking a while um yeah it's not going to download anyway you get to sleep now um uh, the social worker gets there the next day she's a, a social worker slash therapist uh, i'm gonna say it she is hot she has a really bad take on the situation but she's the the social worker's hot yeah, do you know who she reminded me of? She was like a mashup between Christina Hendricks and the killer from Scream Six. Yes, Quinn. She kind of looked. Yeah, she looked like an older version of her mashed up with Christina Hendricks together. I was like, yeah, all right, I'm digging it. Yeah, I, I definitely did. Uh, she's got a bad take, and I think she's a bad social worker. This girl is in a house with someone who obviously has a well-paying job, can obviously provide. There's food. She has her tablet. She has the TV. She has stuff there. And this is like the following day. So the auntie's not had a chance to go and get any toys or anything like that. And this social worker gives us such a rough ride. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable, this scene, actually, because I kind of felt really bad for Gemma. Yeah, because she's like, oh, well, you don't have any toys and you don't need this. So you need to really, really, really work hard now. There are things you need to do. I'm like, fuck. She's been there a day. Her parents died yesterday. Give the auntie like five seconds to take a fucking breath and go to Toys R Us. And then she did the next thing, which really cemented my hair for this woman, which was like, oh, look, this toy's here. We can play with these. And Katie's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 we don't play with those. They're not for toys. They're not for playing with. They're Gemma's collectibles. And I was <laughs> like, oh, no, she's going to make her open it. And she does. And she opens this vintage toy and you can see the heartbreak in Gemma when she's doing it. I'm like, oh, no, I'm feeling so bad for you inside right now. <laughs> and then she's, I, trying to, she's trying to explain that, oh, it does something. And like the woman's like, maybe we should just roll it. Like, yeah, OK, well, it does other things, but we'll just roll it like a fucking tennis ball. Okay. Yeah, it's like getting a Transformer toy, which is like, I don't know, what, what's a big, I can't remember a Transformer now. What's a main Transformer? Optimus Prime. Yeah, it's like getting an Optimus, tra- Optimus Prime in truck form and like having a three-year-old just rolling it around. And you'd be like, but no, you haven't seen the best bit yet. And yeah. someone be like, no, 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 he wants to play with it as a truck, just leave it. It's like, no, I could blow this kid's fucking mind with what this could do. <laughs> but you want to roll it around like a truck, fine. Be immature with it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really, it's, it's a really bad take by this social worker. And I don't think social workers look at this. I think this is purely in film land, they're looking for a safe home with a responsible adult that's not going to put the child at risk. 
and all of the other stuff is like the toys and like how you interact with the child is something that they would work on as long as the child yeah, is safe. And... Stuff like that would just come naturally over time. You can't expect that to happen in a 24 hour period, especially if she's a social worker. She would know the disconnect of them as a family and how much interaction they have on a regular basis. So throwing the two together in this unnatural environment, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. And she feels really unqualified to be doing this job. Yeah, I, I found it a real disconnect. I was like, oh, that's not how they, they would come in and go. She's got her own bedroom. OK, that's good. You have food in the cupboards. OK, that's good. There's clean clothes here. OK, that's good. And they're just ticking all the good things. And then they would talk about the things that need improving on the next visit. Exactly. And her complete lack of empathy for Gemma and her character just felt so natural to me she didn't at any point take her aside and be like look i know this is very jarring for you as a person this is a big change and this is going to take time to adapt for the pair of you you need to work on it together and you need to make big changes between the two of you in order for this to work you clearly yeah. have a stable setup which is going to work well for you both don't expect this to happen overnight but she doesn't do any of that and i'm like i know it's a story and films have got a film but it just pissed me off man it, i was like this is so unauthentic it really wound me up um Gemma tells katie she's got a bit of work to do she's like i'll be a couple of hours then if you can give me that time you can go on your tablet and katie's like oh, how long have i got and Gemma's like i don't give a fuck as long as you like <laughs> play on your tablet forever i don't i don't care just can i need a couple of hours at this I, moment, though, I'll be honest with you. I thought she was going to leave the house. I thought she was going to work. And she was like saying, oh, you'll be all right on your own. Can you just handle the ship here? Obviously, she was just going downstairs into the basement. But for a brief moment, I was like, please don't leave this kid on its own in the house. <laughs> no, she, she goes down to the basement. And then we get like, uh, I don't know, there's a couple of minutes pass. And you see Katie at the door. And then you realize it's night type. It's like, oh, wow. You've left that poor kid all alone all day with no, nothing to feed her, just playing on her iPad. It's like, ow. Yeah. You're not doing I just a want good to come job. back to the screen time thing for a minute, though, because we are quite strict and regulated in our house with screen time and stuff. How are you guys with your, like, each to the run? Do you know what I mean? There's no right answer to this. How are you in your house? Are you Do you have rules and regulations? Uh, are you we just do. free will, do what you want with it kind of stuff? No, the, older, the older boys now are... Uh, yeah, do, I mean, yeah, yeah you do what you want. When you reach a point where you're just annoying to be around, then yeah, please take yourself somewhere else. <laughs> well, well, they're at a point now they've both got jobs, they both go to college. I, I don't feel that I'm in a position as a parent anymore to turn around and go, do you know you've been on your phone for an hour? Because they'll look at me like, uh-huh. And I'm going to work in a minute to work and earn money. So shut up. But yeah. like the little ones, we've got a thing where they, uh, so they get a set amount of screen time each day and then they do things that could earn them more screen time. So if they do all their toys, they get an extra five minutes. If they do this, they get an extra five minutes. And I'll be honest, most days they get probably an extra six minutes, but for, that, for those six minutes, they do lots of things that they need to do. That's good. Yeah, like we, we in our house, we don't have that sort of sit yourself in the TV and entertain yourself. The TV is very rarely on in our house. Like that's that's my luxury item that I do on a night and an evening when the kids are in bed. Kids, Kid is in bed. Um, she doesn't watch TV at all. She has like brief moments of luxury. So it's something that she gets excited about when she has it. But like yeah. we don't 
like I know there's a lot of parents out there that do, and I don't mean to criticize or judge anybody. You know, you choose to bring your child up in your own certain way. That's how you, that's your decision as a parent to do that. But I know there's a lot of people who do just like have the TV on in the house all day and kids just get so glued and mesmerized by it. And I don't criticize it because I grew up like that. That was how I learned pretty much everything I know today is by me, me too. growing up watching TV. I, I lived in front of a television as a child. And you <laughs> couldn't was, pull me away from it if you tried. It was um, the third, third parent in our house. Exactly. And it's, 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 that is how I learned so much about the world that I know because I didn't learn it at school. I certainly learned it from watching television. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. We try our best in our house to not have the TV on and, the, and keep our daughter from it as much as we possibly can. But she's a kid. You know what I mean? She's at an age where she should be playing with toys. I imagine when she gets to, I don't know, six, seven, that's going to be a lot harder to be able to keep them disconnected from that. Yeah. And especially the way that technology is growing and advancing with phones and tablets. And I mean, even schools these days, you don't write on pen and paper these days. It's laptops and tablets to get you through your school lessons. So eventually something's going to have to give. But if we can try and bring that in as much as we can while we can, I think. Yeah. That's- and, uh- and we were the same, like the, the kids have got, as they've got older and they've been at school and they work on iPads and they do art on, like they do art drawings, they they do like lessons where they use like iPads to paint. And it's like, okay, paintbrush. And, but but it's, the world has changed from when we were growing up and I'm, I'm trying to embrace that as much as I can while also keeping my children as children and going, right, we're going to go to the park now. And I want that to be something they're excited for. I don't want them to turn around and go, Oh no! Can I just sit and watch another video? I, I want yeah, them. Tell you to... till busy's on next. Can we stay in? <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't want that. So we try no. and limit as well. But and, yeah. yeah, and the thing is, the only reason I'm bringing this up so much throughout this episode is because this film really, really focuses on that quite a lot in a subtle way, and it really made me reflect a lot upon my own parenting and what I do as a parent. Like, there's a scene. I think it's around the same time where we are anyway in our walkthrough where. Megan and uh, Megan, uh, Gemma and Katie are at the breakfast table. I think this is where she hands her the tablet and says, I'm going downstairs anyway. Yeah. And it, the, the, the scene lingers on Gemma on her phone for quite a long period of time while Katie's eating a breakfast, staring at her. And she's just there, just engaged in her phone, just swiping left and right and not really paying any attention to this little girl. And there's been moments in my life where I've done that at home and I'm like, supposed to be sat having breakfast with my daughter and then I just slowly reach over, pick my phone up and next thing I know I've spent five minutes scrolling through shite and my daughter's just sat there staring at me and it really hits home how 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 much technology has taken over our day-to-day life because we didn't have this growing up. I remember my no. best phone was a Nokia 3310. Me too. You know, no, that thing fact... still hasn't been charged in 16 years but I bet it's still on somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it, it still works and it's, it's, still, still... <laughs> it's still unbreakable. It's still around. You used to have to charge that thing once a year. You know, it was incredible. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just it it really fixates on subtle things like that, which I just think are so powerful. Without even, I mean, obviously that was a clear intention of the writers at the time, you know, to do that and fix it on these things. But it doesn't fix it on it to a point where you're immediately drawn to it. But it just it really made me reflect a lot on the kind of things that I do on my own day to day basis, which I could do better. And it kind of brings technology for at the forefront as the enemy constantly throughout this movie. Yeah. But and not it, the thing is, they do a good job of making technology the baddie. It, it, Megan aside, 
they show yeah. the the pitfalls of technology throughout this movie everywhere, which I, I really appreciate. This is a very aware of the world movie, and I liked yeah. that. Yeah, um, and it's yeah. something that's I a d- perfect summary of it. That is, I know I went around the houses trying to explain it, but what you just said in three words is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Katie comes down, and Gemma's showing her what she's working on. They're trying to find a cheaper version of the perpetual pets, um, and this is where we meet the other member of the family, Bruce. I Amazing. love the fact he's controlled by Nintendo Power Gloves. Yeah, brilliant. So retro so cool like the fact that it's like she puts her fist together to power the gloves up i was like this uh, is awesome the fact that they didn't use ario Speedwagon behind the <laughs> behind the scene on this just so truly disappointed me um in a way I, it kind of foreshadows what was coming from this point on it kind of i knew this was going to come back around again yeah um yeah. And, and i'm glad it did because when it does come back around i was like fucking yes yeah, yeah, and to be honest with you, it, I, I'm saying that now in hindsight because I because I've seen the ending of the film, but there was a long period of time in the middle of this movie where I completely forgot about it, which I'm yeah. sure it was its intention. Um, but when it did come back around again, I was like, oh, I wish they hadn't focused so much on it at the beginning. I wish it had just been like a throwaway comment and a quick, brief thing. But then again, the introduction of it also paves the way for the setup of everything else because when she introduces bruce is that right bruce yeah bruce that's when katie's like is it katie or katie katie with a d katie yeah katie katie is like oh i wish i had a friend like this and what i can't remember the line she uses Um, she said if i had a toy like this i'd never want another toy ever again yeah and that's when you get that light bulb moment from Gemma, and she just goes Full Dexter's laboratory and, oh, and, and and we literally get a building montage of yeah. Megan. It's a rocky it's, montage. <laughs> it's a rocky montage, but building an AI robot, and I, I love it. It's like it even shows like the detail of how they three D print the head, how she puts the the control boxes in, and it's it's a really good, well put together montage. But it all serves a purpose. Yeah, we, jump... we focus on that chip as well, which the reason why it went AWOL in the first introduction to the boss was because the assistant forgot to put the chip in, which yeah. is like an override chip, I believe. Yeah, I'm not too sure on the formalities of the technology and why what it does, what it does, but it's yeah, it's like a, like a kill switch. Yeah, effectively. Um, we go to a presentation. Um, so the boss arrives, there's curtains in a glass screened room, and he's expecting a presentation of the new perpetual pet. Instead, we get a presentation of Megan using Katie as the test dummy. The test dummy, um, and she puts her fingers on Megan's hand to pair with her. Megan is creepy as fuck, but the test is a roaring success. Like, I, I really didn't find Megan that creepy at all. Did you not see? I do. I, I'm not a fan. No, of don't her. get me wrong. I do at a certain point, but at this point, I didn't. I was like, oh wow, this is amazing. It's such a cool build and like she looks really sweet and innocent and she's i mean don't get me wrong she dresses like a 90 year old woman but she she's she's really heartwarming towards this child you can feel like even though it's an ai technology and it's a robot you can feel the the sincerity within her emotions towards katie and and i don't know this was just a really nice scene to see them both bonding in this way yeah and that, that like she draw megan draws a picture and then hands it to Katie, and Katie's like, there's nothing there. And then Megan pushes over, like, a glass of water, and it's like that ink that appears when it gets wet, and it's the most beautiful 
like portrait of Katie is like, yeah, wow, I I I I need a Megan. I I need a Megan yeah. to to to, to it, do that. Yeah. Because while this is all going on, this is obviously a showcase. So Gemma, her two assistants, and the boss man and his assistant are all sat behind a two-way mirror watching it. And you think that, and he's just blown away by this at this point. He's like, wow, this is absolutely incredible. And then she does this drawing, but then when she hands it to Katie, it's just a blank piece of paper. And then she knocks over the cup of water, which has got the pens and paintbrushes and stuff in. And And he sort of like sighs as if to say, oh yeah, this is a sham. Yeah. But it's actually intentional because the water then, it's almost like she's used one of those crazy things where you, as soon as you mix water on it, then it all sort of comes colour full circle. Yeah. Um, and then the picture comes through and you just see the emotion flood over Katie's face and the boss man's just like, ka-ching! <laughs> yeah, and one of the good things you see is you see Megan's kind of like heads-up display, almost like a Terminator display, where she's reading Katie's emotions. She's... I really like this element really really good and it plays in later when she's reading other people's emotions it's she can tell if they're angry scared happy their heart rate that that how dilated their pupils are and it's all on this little heads up display and it's really cool yeah so she's basically got like six six readings of emotion which is like trust guilt happiness sadness anger i can't remember the rest but they're all there and they're all like so if you imagine out of 100 they're like each one bars up to like either 68 or 39 depending on what that emotion that person's feeling and she can read them by looking at them through this terminator uh pov perspective and it's really really cool it's it's really good and as you say the boss is like this is the best thing in the world how do we maximize this for a big display and Gemma's like well the more time she's an ai she learns so the more time she spends with katie the better she will be. And the boss is like, take her home. Yeah. <laughs> take her I home. I love the way he's like, right, what's this going to cost me? Are we talking the price of a Tesla? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's like, I don't care. I just need to know because I need to sell this to the directors. I just need yeah. to know what it's going to be. And then she looks at her assistants and she's like, bit lower, bit lower. <laughs> <laughs> Say it's lower. <laughs> um, we now get another montage, which is showing how effective Megan is and while they're doing this montage you're getting like a almost like a sales pitch over the top so it's like Megan can help you with the the little things that you forget to do like Katie comes out of the toilet she's like go back and flush the chain and she comes out again she's like and go back and wash your hands and she's like and unlike a parent she'll never lose her patience and like she comes out again and Megan's like seriously you didn't wash your hands again she's like oh sorry and then it's like all these things she could do, like reading bedtime stories, all the things that as a parent take time and they're, they're laborious, thankless tasks that we all do, like bedtime stories. I like reading bedtime stories, but if there's a night when Lisa does it, it's like, oh, thank God for that. I don't have to do it tonight. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and Megan does all of these. And I like this because it really shows what this doll is capable of doing. I like as well, I like the way that they play out this scene, because it feels like a very John Hughesy kind of early 90s, late 80s. So the whole thing throughout this, actually, and the way that it plays out and the way that it's formulated is very 80s, 90s movies. So yeah. what it's doing is, is Gemma's, you get, it's almost like a voiceover montage, and Gemma's explaining that she needs to write a presentation for her boss because he doesn't know how to sell this product. 
So you kind of get this inner monologue from Gemma as she's formulating the selling points to put into this script. Yeah. At the time, as she's saying them out loud and they're coming up through the audio of the TV, you're getting this montage of it interacting with Katie as it's playing out. And it's it's a really well put together movie. And I, and I, regardless of what criticisms I might have for this later on, one thing I want to make very clear is that this is flawlessly executed as a movie. The yeah. way that it's paced and it starts from beginning to end is is really well done P- pacing's fabulous and also i like the fact that they throw elements of doubt in so like Gemma's friend one of the other lab geeks she's like i i'm a little bit concerned the amount of time that megan's spending with katie and i think maybe that should be you doing all of these things and Gemma yeah. really takes offense to this Gemma basically tells her to get fucked and mind her own business she's yeah like, but i mean she's saying it from this point of view where she's like look this kid needs emotional support and you're building it up to the point that what happens when she, when we take this away. Yeah. And this is where we get the first sign that something's not quite right with Megan. So they're having this conversation about Katie's parents dying and Megan's up in her, like, I don't know. She's like hung up in her like S and M. It's like a, it's like a test thing where they can plug her in. Um, and she's like, how did her parents die? Oh, Gemma, this scene was amazing. And Gemma's like, Megan, turn off. And like, Megan, before she turns off, like, goes on some random, like, internet search in her head and then recites the news article of how her parents died, like, word for word. Did you see, like, her eyes were, like, moving left and right as if she was reading an article, as if she had, like, Google up in front of her? It was so subtle. And I was like, that is incredible. That it, it freaks me the fuck out. And this was a turning point for me where I was like, that doll's not cool anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. And like the, the woman goes, did you not work any parental controls in? She's like, no, I set Katie up as the sole user. And she's like, um, I'm adding myself now as a secondary user. And you can see Megan's like reluctant to do it, but she does it. And she's like, your sole command, Megan, is not to worry about anything else. Your sole command is to protect Katie from harm, both physical and emotional. And as soon as she said it, I went, oh, dear. <laughs> As well, again, with this scene as well, you can see that Gemma's also on a learning curve with this machine because she herself must have given her, I don't know, maybe 10 different commands in the space of a minute because she's like, she says one thing and she's like, actually, no, that's probably not a good thing. So then she gives her another command to forget the first command. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, yeah, do this. But when you're doing this, don't do it that way, do it this way. And it takes her about 10 attempts before she finally gets to the one where she's like happy with. Yeah, and even and, then, it's still not a very strong one to, to sort of live your life by. No, and it's a it's a really ambiguous like protect from all emotional and physical harm is a really it's a really open open to interpretation protocol. Well, it is especially it isn't if you give that to a human who understands no. law and um, not just necessarily law, but right from wrong, right from wrong, and morals, if you will, and mor- morality. But when you're giving that to a machine who has no emotional connection with life or death or human interaction, you you kind of setting yourself up for failure. Like yeah. I wouldn't give that command to my um, to my oven and expect <laughs> no. it not to burn my house down if someone burgled it with me inside it. <laughs> exactly that. Um, we go back to the to Gemma's house and Katie's playing with a bow and arrow outside, and she loses a neighbour. Uh, loses an arrow in the neighbor's garden. So she's a neighbor. Yeah, and she goes. To, <laughs> Where's the neighbor gone? She tells her to Megan, uh, "Can you find my arrow?" And you get like this targeting system where Megan cool. spots it. Uh, Megan goes to get it, 
and it's gone in the neighbour's garden. And the only way in the neighbour's garden is through the hole in the fence that the nasty asshole dog come through earlier. Yeah. Uh, Megan goes through the hole and the dog nearly rips her in half, like drags her through and like yanking on her arm and ragging her neck. And it's like, oh, shit. Uh, you've got Katie's like trying to pull Megan. She's playing tug of war with Megan through the fence and screaming. Uh, and Gemma comes out and is like, like, what's going on? But before anything happens, what, what does Megan do to the dog? Nothing in this moment. So the dog basically drags Megan right through and starts ravishing its neck. And you see all these sparks and wires coming out. And I was like, oh, shit, maybe this is like the turning point. Maybe it's caused like a malfunction in the doll. Um, but that never really comes to fruition, to be honest with you. There's nothing really no, drawn from that it's scene. later that happens. Yeah, so Meg, at this point, Katie then reaches her arm in to drag Megan back through the fence and the dog bites Megan, uh, Katie. Yeah. yeah. Um, at which point she screams the house down, Gemma comes running out, and they have basically a big to-do about the neighbour's dog, and then the police arrive. So as yeah, as she it... brings Katie back through, Katie's clearly very, very traumatised and upset. Megan just pops up. <laughs> covered in leaves like she's been dragged through a hedge backwards and just basically tells her to put antibiotics on it and get plenty of rest and she'll be fine in the morning and she gives the dirtiest look in the world to the neighbour for ages as the oh, neighbour yeah. goes back yeah, inside the neighbour starts mouthing off thinking that it's just another kid and then she yeah. just sort of turns her robotic head and the neighbour is just like white as a sheet as if to say what the hell is that <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to go inside now um, yeah. and M- Megan sits there like and she's like watching Katie sleep and she's monitoring. Now she's going into like almost nurse mode. So she's monitoring her temperature. She's monitoring her heart rate. She's monitoring the temperature on the arm, like where her wound is. Um, and it's so good. Katie goes to sleep and we hear the neighbor's voice calling the dog, but it's got a slight robotic twang to it. And I went, ah, oh, this is really uncool Michael Myers behavior but it's so cool all at the same time. So the yeah. dog goes looking and all you, like you see the dog go around the corner into the darkness and all you hear is, Arr! it's like, ah, yeah, the dog got it. Yeah, the dog really got it. And I, usually in these scenes, I'm like quite empathetic towards a dog and I get really mad when a dog dies, but it kind of deserved it a little bit. And I know we say it's not the dog's fault, it's the owner's dog, but this dog had too many problems. <laughs> Yeah, too many problems caused by its owner. Um, I love the next day where you've got the, the neighbour out in her dressing gown searching. Oh yeah, for she her calls dog. the police. Yeah, she she calls the police to to basically blame that they've taken it. Um, I also like the breakfast scene where Gemma's trying to talk to Katie and Megan just keeps interrupting, and she's judging her parenting style, and it's just. Like you see her, like Gemma will say something, and Megan's like looking straight forward, and all of a sudden she'll give a look, like "fucking really." That's what you're going to say. It's so good. <laughs> um, it's now the big presentation, so it's the presentation in front of the owners of the company, the ones who are going to invest in this doll that we now found out is ten thousand dollars a throw. If you're going to buy one, it's going to cost you ten grand. Is it worth it? Do you think? Ah. Uh... Regardless of its flaws and it going airwire, would you want one of these in your house? Yeah, if it didn't go haywire and try and kill me and my family, yeah, I'd probably be something I'd be looking at going, that's really cool. That's amazing. Is it $10,000 cool? 
it can walk, it can talk, it can learn. How long does it take to teach it how to cook? How long does it take to teach it how to hoover up? How long does it take it to teach it to clean the bathroom? Do you know what? I never thought about it from this point of view, actually. Uh, all, it could all... be like Paulie's robot from Rocky Four. <laughs> exactly. All of a sudden, I don't have to cook. I don't have to clean. I don't have to go do my own shopping because the doll was now learnt how to drive and goes and does my food shopping. Do you, do you see the benefits? I don't want it to look after my kids. I want it to do all the menial shit that I don't want to do. So you want a slave is what you're saying. Yes, but an AI slave is much more politically correct than an actual <laughs> human slave, which is bad <laughs> and wrong. But these guys have free will. They have free thoughts. So, uh, where does the line end, my man? Where well, does the line end? This is very true. Um, the big presentation starts off quite well, so... Katie's there and, and Megan walks in and Megan's like, uh, do you want to maybe like dance or, or play? And Katie just breaks down and Gemma's behind the screen this time. She's not in there. and She's watching going, oh shit. But it's not an oh shit. I need to go give Katie a hug. It's an oh shit. My presentation. My presentation. Fun. Yeah. Um, honestly, this is super touching because Megan turns into a knockoff Disney princess, which is a bit weird. Um, she says to Gemma, uh, she says to Katie, like, what's wrong? Katie's like, oh, well, I'm worried I'm going to forget my parents. She's like, well, tell me something about your parents. She tells a story about her mum. And Megan's like, I'm going to keep that for you. And I love like, this scene. What do you mean? I got she's a little like, bit choked up. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I'm, I'm going to keep it right here. And she pushes her heart like a cheap toy you get from a supermarket. And it plays back the recording. And she's like, anytime yeah. you want to share something that you want to remember, tell me and I will remember it for you forever, even if you forget. And I was like, oh, that's that's quite sweet. And then she breaks into song like a budget Disney princess. And I was like, ah, oh, you've ruined it. I don't think she did. It was really sweet, man. I loved this scene. I thought it was really impactful. Really, yeah. really impactful. It, it, I didn't expect that level of um, heartfeltness from this movie, to be honest with you. So when it happened, I was a bit taken back by it. Yeah, Tissues were out, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Uh, the the young actress who plays Katie is fabulous. She's a really yeah, good actress. Amazing. And I was saving my praise for her for a scene later on where she really showcases how amazing she is. And I will bring it back up again when we get there, if we don't gloss over it and I forget. Um, but yeah, she she's phenomenal throughout this film, really is. She shows incredible, incredible range. Yeah, yeah, which is, is rare for child actors. We We often talk about child actors and there's so many that are average and there's only yeah. a few that really stand out of the crowd and she's one that she's up there with like the Andy Barclays of the world yeah I mean a lot of the times you find with kid actresses in movies like this actors and actresses they get quite restricted in terms of their emotional display because they can't always deliver that but she gets yeah. put in quite a lot of situations where she has to deliver that otherwise the scene fails and she does every single time for me I thought yeah. she was brilliant yeah, I did as well. Um, the bosses think this is the best idea in the world. And they're like, this is amazing. Can you have her ready for a live stream event in two weeks' time? And Gemma's like, yeah, I, I think we can make that work. And then he's like, he turns around to the dick boss. He's like, also, get Gemma in front of the legal. And he's like, why? He's like, because she is the most valuable thing in our company right now. And I imagine she wants to renegotiate a deal. And his heart just like, oh. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah really good and power to her man yeah she should be because he's given her the ringer with these fucking stupid little gizmo toys that she's been working on when she clearly has a lot of potential as an inventor she is yeah. 
a massive asset to the company. Um, is this where we get the we get weird the little uh, creepy sidekick? Yeah, stealing data, stealing. So he's taking all of the Megan data, and I'm assuming he's done this with other inventions as well. And he's basically downloading all the files and emailing it out to people. Um, oh, of course, because then that makes perfect sense about the earlier scene where they're talking about rival companies coming out with the same product, but for a cheaper. lot cheaper prices. Yeah. Dickhead, how did I not pick up on that? Of course, he's the one who's shipping out this information so other companies can make their products, but for a much cheaper price. Yeah. So he's stealing Transformers and making GoBots. That's, ex- that's exactly what he's doing. Um, I, love, I love when the, bo- the boss spots him and he like slams down his laptop and the boss is like, are you Pornhubbing in the office again? And I fucking laugh my <laughs> ass off. <laughs> yeah, because he is portrayed as that creepy little weirdo who would wank in the office. <laughs> he, he, is, he is the little weirdo who's been watching granny porn at three in the afternoon and got caught. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I didn't pick up on that because for me, that... I was always under the illusion that that never came full circle. And I was like, oh, maybe they're setting that up with that leaked data might come into a sequel or something like that. Obviously, no, he's been doing it and selling it off to other companies so they can replicate their products and sell them for cheaper to undercut them in the market. Of course. How did I not realize that? Yeah. Um, We now get a scene with um, Gemma and Katie are sat outside and Megan's there. And Gemma's trying to talk to Katie and Megan keeps uninterrupted. And Gemma's like, Megan, turn off. And Katie's like, no, Megan, turn on. Gemma's like, Megan, turn off. And this poor doll's going, hi, everyone. Oh, bye. Hi, everyone. Oh, bye. (laughs) And I I really like this, that now Gemma's got this, uh, Katie's got this friend. She's got this more uh, like a bigger level of confidence. She's like, no, that's my friend. That's a person. You don't just fucking turn them off. It's not a toy. And I like that element because it goes back to when Gemma was going, that's not a toy, you don't play with it. Now Katie's got that with Mega. She's like, it's not a toy. You can't just turn it off when you feel like she's part of the family. And I thought that was a really subtle callback. Um, We get the next social worker meeting. You really start to see a turn in Megan. This is where the social worker's prying and prying and prying. And Katie starts to cry. And all of a sudden, fucking Megan pops up next to the social worker. Stop it. You made her cry. I was like, oh, dear. Very sinister. Very, very sinister. The social worker's like, oh, that wasn't my intention. She's like, but you made her cry. It's like, I don't give a fuck what your intention was. You made her cry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this goes on with that, like Gemma talking with the social worker, the social worker going, she is so impressive, but she's going to build a bond with your child that you will not be able to break. You should be building that bond with Katie, not this doll. I'm not saying she's not great. She's amazing, but it needs to be you. And again, Gemma's a bit like, "Mm, no, I'm not really feeling it. And Yeah, because she has the lines where she starts telling her, like, you're almost preventing her the ability to grow up, which was a really cool line. Um because if you do become attached to this thing that's in a constant state of being a child, yeah, you're not going to ever grow and adapt because you're always going to be fixated in this moment with this thing. Yeah. Eventually, with all toys, you grow out of toys because you, 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 it's natural for you to just 
get bored and move on to different things. But when this thing is growing and adapting and changing with you, it's just always going to be prevalent in your life. You're never going to get to a point where Megan's still a kid's toy because she's always going to grow and learn and adapt. You, you become a unit together. Yeah. Yeah, you would. And you it would become your best friend, your confidant. It would be everything. Because... Yeah, you wouldn't need to bond and have relationships with people. You wouldn't need that because you have this with this doll and, and it's an ever-changing. It's not like it's got three catchphrases and that's how you <laughs> you get bored of it. This thing's just – it is a person in essence. It, you yeah. know, in, in conversation and in in intellect, it's, it's always going to be something that changes and adapts with you. And it's a really, really – thoughtful way to process that on screen for people to understand i think with it because for me you're like it could very easily fall into the like let's take the child's play franchise for instance obviously we know that that's an emotional doll and it talks and it and it, and it, it has an actual soul inside of its body but that's yeah. well kept away from everybody else andy barkley grows up and he's still got this relationship with chucky but to the rest of the world it's just uh three catchphrase doll and he becomes a weirdo who's in his forties hanging out with a <laughs> yeah. hanging out with a hanging out with a woody doll. Um <laughs> but but when you've got this in your life that's in many ways like an Alexa kind of thing, isn't it? You know, and it's 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 weird. It's weird and this thing this film makes you think about things on so many levels, which is, I just didn't expect it to do that to me. It really no. didn't. I really didn't. Um, and it's it's almost immediately after this that Gemma all of a sudden starts to really go, do you know what? There might be a problem here. And it all starts over pizza. So Katie's picking like green peppers off her pizza. And Gemma's like, no, look, you need to eat all your pizza, the vegetables as well. Katie's like, I don't want them. She's like, well, it's it's not a choice. I'm the parent. I'm telling you that's what you're doing. And Megan pipes up in the corner going, Studies have shown if you force your children to eat stuff, they're less likely to choose it as adults. She's like, okay, that's great. And she picks up a remote and she just turns Megan down because she knows she'll upset Katie if she turns her off, so she mutes her. In a way, though, I kind of agree with Megan in this situation. (laughs) I I, kind of do as well. Um, This is where we get the alternative kids' school. So she knows that she needs to get Katie to socialize with other people. So she's found an alternative like outdoor wilderness school where it's all about being outside and learning. She wants to take Katie there and Katie's like, no, unless I could take Megan, I'm not going. So you can't take Megan. Megan come in the car. That's as far as it's going. They get there and the woman's like, Oh, you come in. She's like, no, cause I can't bring, I can't bring Megan. And she's like, Oh, we have a toy table. But that's okay. And you can come too, mummy, auntie, whoever you are. You can come because you can help me make sandwiches. And you see Gemma's <laughs> just like, oh, okay, fine. So they stick Megan on the toy table. Uh, Gemma goes to make sandwiches with another mum who's mum to the biggest asshole in the world. Yeah, who... young Michael Myers. Yeah, a hot take. I'm going to say he got what he deserved when we get there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, this kid did not go on to do great things with his life. <laughs> no, he did. He, he, what? Well, no, I, he clearly didn't. But what I mean is, he didn't have great potential anyway. So I didn't feel a sorrow for his loss. No, I, I didn't at all. Um, they go to go and find chestnuts. They're going out into the forest to find chestnuts, and they're paired up with kids. Um, one of these kids is Brendan, and the teacher pairs Brendan with another kid. And this kid goes over to the teacher and goes, "Please don't pair me with Brendan." 
She's like, okay, that's fine. Katie, you're new. You can go with Brendan. And they go off into the woods. And Brendan is just such an asshole. Yeah. He like he like sees Megan on the table. He's like, oh, is, is that your doll? She's like, yeah. He's like, make it do something. And then he runs off with it. Well, no, the, before they do that, though, he they the first oh, interaction is he she finds a conqueror. And obviously, mm. as you know, for those of you who've been conquering before in your life, if you haven't, I feel very sorry for you. Um, she picks up the conqueror and it's like tusk, rusk, whatever you call it, where it's like a spiky shell thing before you peel the actual nut out of the fruit. Yeah. And he like grabs it and crushes it into her hand. I was like, oh, that hurts. Like, yeah. I feel that pain that he's doing that. And then that's when you see like Megan lurking in the woods. Yeah, I think does she hear Katie scream? Yeah, she hears Katie scream, which gets her up, and she's then there, and he's like, "Oh, is that your doll? Make it do something!" And he runs off with it, and then he throws Megan on the ground, and like, yeah, clucks. like as if he was going to rape it. I was oh, like, "This is weird." Uh, that's where I thought it was going. I was like, "Oh my god, this has got dark really quick." This is a PG thirteen. <laughs> yeah. um, I know, but he doesn't. He gets on top of her and he starts like slapping her about. I love when she comes to life. Like she's just this, just this dead, like lifeless doll that he's like backhanded. And all of a sudden she like opens her eyes, grabs hold of his ear, stretches it, which I'm going to say looked a bit tacky, but then rips it clean off. Yeah. And so then... you've seen both cuts of this. Obviously you saw the unrated when it first came out. Do we see this? Uh, yeah, we see this. We see this in both cuts. We don't see well, the... Well, you fo- see the blood and... The no. no. You don't see the actual tear off. You no, just you, see you see the stretch. stretch and then you see the blood on his neck afterwards. You don't see the full... Rip let's off. let's right. have your ear off. The way she gets up is fucking fabulous. She does can like you, this... Can you do me a favour for the rest of this episode then? Because this is where things are starting to kick into gear now. And obviously we do have two cuts of this. We have the PG-13 that came out. And then a few months later, we got the unrated release, which came out available on streaming i've obviously only seen the unrated version with the added gore and effects and stuff so when we get to certain points can you just pinpoint to me which yeah was cut if you can remember yeah i imagine the next scene after this was not in the pg-13 version i try we'll get there we'll get there and i'll try and remember um the way she gets up is incredible this kind of like she goes almost to go into the crab but she doesn't put her hands down and she kind of like arches right up. She looks at him and she gives like a little, almost like half smile and goes, you should probably run. And then she drops to all fours and chases him like a wolf. It's but this br- is brilliant though, because this is a callback to the dog as well. She's I, she's I, AI, she's learning. and She's clearly realized that on all fours is a much better predatorial tactic to approach than yeah. her running as a human. Yeah. So I was like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And then she just sprints like a fucking, like you say, like a wolf through this forest. And it's a creepiest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. And then she throws him in the road, splat, hit by a car. Splat. So, yeah, unrated, not unrated. What's the difference? Uh, you see, you basically, when the car gets to him, it just goes black screen. Right. But this, we see him get fully underneath <laughs> the car and fully. his trainer, trainer rolling down the road like Pet Cemetery. Yeah, it, it, and I'm going to say it again. He got what he deserved. Yeah, I did not feel bad for this guy. Oh, I'm still on Megan's side at this point. Yeah, I am. Um, back at the house, we get the cops at the house um, because the the dog's missing. Um, we get the neighbour shouting and banging on the window and threatening, like, I know you've killed my dog. 
it's that other creepy girl. And she's like, no, that's that's not even a girl. That's a doll. It's it's not. So you just need to not worry about that at all. And the police was like, okay. And then he's like leaning in going, that's a doll. That's really cool. And then the neighbor's <laughs> like banging on the window. He's like, come on, let's get you off the property. Um, at bedtime, Katie turned around and says to Megan, did you push Brandon into the road? And she's like, I'm never going to let anything hurt you. And she's like, do you think he's in a better place, like like Gemma said? And she's like, no, if there was a better place, Brandon would not be going there. <laughs> Sinister as fuck, man. Yeah, and then she breaks into Disney Princess again and gives us a rendition of Titanium, which, again, I find the singing bits weird. I know I I liked it and I thought it was a very good rendition. I really liked the song and uh, yeah, I liked it, man. I liked it. I can imagine though, like a lot of people would find it quite awkward and weird to watch. Yeah, I, it, I I liked it. I liked it when she did this stuff. Yeah, she's like, no, he'd be going to hell. I am Titanium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's like a soothing lullaby, isn't it? But yeah, I yeah. like the cover. The cover was great. Yeah, cover was really good. Uh, Megan kills the neighbor in the garage in the most spectacular way ever. So the neighbor's out looking for her dog at night, and you hear the dog barking. But again, it's got like this mechanically twang to it. She yeah, goes into the garage. Ah, so cool. oh, Megan shoots her down to the floor with the the power. But wash. even just before that, though, the scene where like she's doing the dog whispering thing, and the neighbor walks. It's like a little weird garage barn thing that Americans have, where they look like a mini barn. Yeah, and she comes in, and like you just see Megan ap- appear from the shadows and the darkness, like Michael Myers coming out of a closet. And I was like, Ah, oh, you're fucked, man. <laughs> Yeah, and she she uses the jet wash that caused an argument earlier in the movie to knock her over. I love that they bring that back as well. And the jet wash as well, man. Why do people not use jet washes in horror movies? Because these things are lethal and will shred skin immediately. They really will. But obviously Megan's only knocked her down, so she can still get up. So Megan then picks up a nail gun and nails her to the like like cupboard behind her. It's brutal. And then takes the jet wash to finish her off. Just jet washes her to death. I've never yeah, seen like that. melts her face off with it. It's so cool. Um, and I've again, never... I imagine this was a lot condensed for the PG-13 version. Yeah, it was. And I've not seen this used. I've not seen a jet wash used as a murder weapon in a movie before. No, and I don't understand why, because these things are terrifying. Yeah, I, I've cut the fingers on my skin before when I've like done a jet wash, put my hand and gone, oh, fuck, oh, I've cut my finger. Yeah, I are. use them quite regularly at work, and I wear like leather boots with steel toe caps in them. And I can be like jet washing stuff and cleaning it down after I finish working. I've tested it before and I've held it to my boot, which has a steel toe cap in it. And it's just shredded the leather off it and just left the metal underneath. Yeah. So like if it can literally burn away the leather off my boot, can you imagine? Because human skin's like, it's like tissue paper, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. It's not very, it's not made of cow. It's not like as strong as a cow skin. Yeah. Imagine that to your chin. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to be great. So please, Hollywood executives, if you're listening, bring back the pressure washer with force because this is lethal. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see the new Crystal Lake series. I want to ditch the machete. I want Jason walking around with a power washer. I just want an entire movie called The Jet Wash Killer. <laughs> that could that could be the 2025 movie for you run podcast <laughs> um the cops are back um and she's like jemma over the door, like, i haven't taken a fucking dog 
you just need to go and talk to her. He's like, that'll be quite hard because she's dead. And like, she's wheeled out. And then the cop's like, also, um, you were interviewed the other day at a park, like a, 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 at that school where a kid died. And Gemma's like, yeah, that was an accident. He's like, yeah, see, I thought that too until I found his ear like 200 metres up into the forest. And this is the yeah, moment where... Yeah, a homicide now. Yeah, and this is the moment where Gemma turns around and she can see Megan stood in the window and all of a sudden everything clicks and Gemma's like, oh, fuck, fuck what have I done? Um, she goes into the house and like everyone's put to bed and Megan sat on her little charging point next to the bed, which is just a cushion. And Gemma starts going through Megan's like video memory bank that's uploaded to the cloud and loads of files are missing and loads of files are corrupt. And Megan walks in and is like, hi, Gemma. She's like, oh, what are you doing up? She's like, I couldn't sleep. Occupational hazard. I was like, brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely fabulous. And she's like, yeah, Megan, turn off. Megan's like, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure you want to do that? And Gemma's like, did you hurt someone? And Megan's like, God, I hope not, because if I'd done that, we'd both be in loads of trouble. Oh, so good, man. So good. Uh, and this is where Gemma's like, okay, I just want to run a quick test. Could you just follow this pen? And as she follows the pen, she like reaches under her chin and like switches her off at the switch. Yeah, she... it's like a kill switch on her neck here, isn't there? Like like where you'd feel for your pulse. Yeah. And then she literally like duct tapes her, gaffer tapes her up, throws her in the trunk and is like, fuck this doll. Yeah, this and then point. this is it. So this is where we came back to earlier that I was talking about the actress Katie, the young girl. Um, they're on the way to the Nakatomi Plaza to do the big... Um, big launch, the big live... Big, big, yeah, the big launch of, of Megan. Big, big live, live... I can't believe we've got this far in without saying the word Mithrigan. I deliberately um, didn't because so many people have messaged me this week going, you're going to say Mithrigan a lot and I'm not going to. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Let's yeah, see if you can make it to the end. It is the, um, it's the big live Twitch stream, which, if anyone's interested, we now stream on Twitch. You run Twitch. Oh, awesome! Nice little plug. Yeah, I thought so. Can't um, throw yeah. me off my trajectory, but yeah, all yeah, right. You, you continue. <laughs> I've done. I've done my advertising bit now. <laughs> um, and as I was saying, so this is where I was talking about Katie's performance as an actress. They're in the car. Megan's tied up in the boot in this bubble wrap and she is screaming this car down for Megan. She's like, you can't do this. You can't take her away from me. Um, Kicking the back of Gemma's seat in the car. And this is like the scene from, you remember that scene in the Babadook? Yeah. With that creepy little fucking weirdo kid who's like screaming in the car. Yeah, it's that. that. It's exactly that. But just, and I just, this was a moment where I was like, wow, this kid is incredible as a performer. Yeah, and it's and I didn't sell it very well for here. No, it's really, really good. And like the while the launch party's setting up, Katie continues her meltdown with the social worker, and she ends up slapping Gemma. Um, but it's oh, that, she fully punches her. Yeah, it's like a proper, and it look it looks like she actually hit her. I don't know if she actually did, but it looks like it. Um, and they have like a bonding moment, and they agree to basically. Gemma's like, look. Forget the launch party. Forget everything. You and me are going to go home. We'll talk. Megan will get tested and everything will be fine tomorrow. So they leave. Megan is in her S&M sex swing, as you described it earlier. Um, and yeah. she basically taps into her colleague's phone and calls Gemma from that phone, basically saying, look, we're working on Megan. Everything's fine. You don't need to worry. Blah, 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 blah. And the nerd team realized this has happened. 
and they go to unplug Megan from like the server. Do you know what? I love this scene as well because this is this is one thing about the Charles Player franchise, and I know it's hard to not contrast the two together because they're very very similar in nature. But I really like how um, trepidatious everybody is of Megan in this, yeah. and they showcase that as well. So as the assistants walking towards Megan, he doesn't just walk to it and switch it off. He grabs a big pole and like pokes it like a bear, just to say, "Are you alive or not?" <laughs> and I was like, "That's excellent," because in Chucky in the Child's Play franchise, everyone's just—it's just a doll, and they're picking it up and talk to me, God damn it, or I'll throw you in the fire. Yeah, and, and this—he he doesn't just poke it; he literally like jabs it really hard in the forehead, like, and then goes, like, pauses. Is it alive? No, she's okay. When he gets near or close enough for Megan to do something. My God, Megan does not hold back. She goes full. Jackie Chan. Yeah, she like grabs him, wraps him up in one of the cords, disconnects herself, leaves him like hanging. And like yeah, literally like puts him in a situation. So he's hanging. And then the other lab assistant says, so she either has the choice to tackle Megan and try and turn her off or save her friend. And she just like casually just strolls out of the room. Yeah. Like, Me- you know, but- this situation was very well calculated. You either take me down and your friend dies or you save your friend. And the thing is, she doesn't just stroll out. As she strolls out, she rips the gas lines. And then there's this fucking great big explosion. And the next thing you see, like Megan just like struts out of a lift in the lobby. (laughs) One thing as well, I picked up on a continuity error, not continuity error, but I don't know whether you pick this up for facts or fuck ups or not, but we'll get there in the end. When he's up on the rope and she picks up the hacksaw to cut the wire, yeah. The place where she puts the hacksaw, it's like literally already two thirds of the way cut. I don't know if you oh, know. No, I, I didn't spot that. <laughs> so, like, if you um, go back and watch it again, you can see the wire hanging up and she picks up the hacksaw. I was like, I can guarantee exactly where you're going to place this hacksaw. <laughs> no, I, I didn't see it. Uh, Megan's walking down the corridor and she bumps into the boss who's trying to find her because he wants her for the presentation. And we get, he's like, Megan. And all of a sudden she does the Megan dance that become TikTok global famous in this hall. You know what as well about this is I am so glad that this wasn't a pivotal point of the film because it was so heavily focused upon in the trailer. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it's just going to be an AI doll and then we're going to get this one creepy scene. It means nothing in the entire film. No, it doesn't. And the whole dance scene is only so she can keep him distracted enough, long enough to get to the the paper cutter so she can rip off the arm of the paper cutter to kill him with it. Big machete. I love this. And this cat and mouse chase as well, all the way to the elevator is amazing. I I love when he gets to the elevator. The guy who's been selling the secrets who hates his boss isn't just not holding the lift. He's frantically hitting the closed door button so his boss dies. Yeah, not even necessarily for his boss to die, but he's just that much of a coward that he'd rather save his own skin. Yeah. And literally just as the boss gets to the door to hold it open, you just see this big paper cutter come through his chest and blood goes everywhere. Yeah. And this scene is amazing when Megan just leans into him and just says, and then she basically gives this whole exposition about this is the perfect setup. You've been stealing data. Your boss has been treating you awfully. 
you can't deal with it, you've killed him, and instead of walking away from it, you kill yourself because you can't deal with the guilt, and she just slits his throat. And I was like, oh! It's the fact that he sat there and gone, no, 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 I don't, I can live with it, I can live with it. <laughs> Like, but I that's can... the thing as well. It's like it just showcases so much how much she calculates the outcome of every situation, which is one thing. Like, again, I'm going to go back to the Child Play franchise, not necessarily the Child's Play franchise, but the Child's Play remake, which fixates heavily on AI technology. Mm-hmm. It just didn't get it right as much as this film does here. No, th- this film absolutely <laughs> nails the capability of AI and it nails the learning ability so well. Yeah. And this is the thing, like, this would have been the perfect Child's Play remake. You put this in a good guy's doll get-up, yeah. you, have a, you have the best Child's Play movie in the entire franchise, apart from the second one, because we all know I love the second one. But this would have been a perfect Child's Play remake if you'd have put this in a Chucky's doll and you got Mark Hamill to voice Megan. This yeah. was your movie. This was your Child's Play remake. And... and it, that's that's one of the big things that the Child's Play remake fucked up on is they tried too much to be a Child's Play movie and not trying to win. Yeah, like they they could have had so many of the basics included, but then implemented it the way that this film did. But they didn't. They just floated somewhere in the middle, and it just became a complete mismatch of what it should have been. Yeah, um, I still like that movie though. It's all right. It doesn't hold up well now, and it's only what four or five years later. If you go yeah. back and watch that film just a few years later it's really really bad yeah and i love the fact that she's got megan's got so much confidence and so aware of her surroundings she literally walks out of the door she gets straight to a sports car that's controlled by technology that she's called to the door in advance she literally walks out of the door straight into a sports car and drives to Gemma's house Megan driving a bugatti what are we yeah. talking about man this is amazing it's fantastic um Back at home, Gemma hears a, pl- a piano playing. Did you recognise the song? Yeah, Toy Soldiers. Yeah, I was like, that's great. I yeah. like that. Really creepy, creepy shit, man. Yeah. Um, Gemma goes to investigate and she finds Megan sat at the piano. Um, Megan is upset. and oh my God, she is scary. They start off having quite a civil chat and then it turns violent and they're fighting over the dining room table. When Katie sort of comes sort of to the door, I love the fact that both Megan and Gemma's concern is Katie, and they both go, "Everything's okay. Go back in your room." And, and Megan's like, "Everything's fine. We're just having a chat." And they're like, got their hands around each other's throats at this point. It's like, just go back. Yeah, to and bed. Megan, Megan like looks down at Gemma, and she's like, "If you alert her, I will snap your fucking neck right here, right now." <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> This fight kind of boils over and it ends up in the basement. And I remember how they get down to the bit. Oh, she chucks a glass of water on her, which sort of yeah, it which... doesn't kill Megan, but it just sort of. Just... And Gemma thinks it has. Gemma thinks she's like fried her chips and she yeah. sort of like walks away from her slowly. And then all of a sudden you see Megan slowly sort of doing this weird contortionist movements to sort of come down after her. Yeah, and Gemma runs down to the basement. And I love this because Gemma goes into the basement. Megan comes in. There is a table in there that must weigh, I don't know, it must weigh 25, 30 stone. Megan touches it with one hand and sends it all the way across the room that just shows you how strong it is. Gemma picks up a hedge trimmer. Megan Megan picks up a hammer. 
and they they go to war. And one I'm thing not... as well I like about the haze trimmer, I don't want to interrupt you too much, but I, I love when she picked this haze trimmer up because in my mind I was like, that's not going to do a lot. A hedge trimmer doesn't do much apart from cut hedges. Yeah. So it's like if she immediately like decapitates Megan, I'm going to be pissed off. And she like attacks Megan with it. And all it really does is like scratch the latex off her face. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it scratches the latex <laughs> off and takes a bit of her hair off. Um, yeah, it gives at, her a bit of a ball patch. At, at the time, Katie's now aware of what's going on and Katie's trying to get down to the basement. Megan's about to win when Katie arrives. And Megan tried, like, this is, like, really, like, wow. Megan's like, look, Katie, look, what we can do here is, like, we can just, like, paralyze her and then it'll be you and me. And, like, part of my functions is I can look after, like, I can do palliative care, so I can look after. You know this is the best option. And while she's doing it, she's judging Katie's emotions. And did you notice that Katie was looking at Gemma, not at Megan? So when she I didn't the- know, but I I I assumed that Katie had uh, again, yeah. I suppose how would she, how would she trick her into thinking that she was feeling a certain way? That would no, be quite so a big ask. She was looking at Gemma, and that's when Megan read the trust and the confidence were so high. Because, because she then, was, ah right okay I didn't me- I didn't pick up on that. That's really good. And Megan's like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, okay. Well, we're, we're going to do this, and Katie goes. But before we do, you need to meet the other member of our family. Megan's like, what? And then you just see the fists come together, the power gloves, and Bruce is Bruce is awesome. He fucks Megan up. Like, Proper, lifts her up. rips her up. Like, lifts her up by her head. Then, like, she kind of fights off a bit, and then he grabs her by like, her head and her legs and just rips her clean in half and, like, slings her across the room. Um, I love the fact that she tries to turn Bruce to make sure she's finished off and Bruce falls over and traps Gemma and we get the best Terminator reference ever. A half bodied Megan dragging herself over the remains is like, this is so cool. So, so cool. You just expect to be a do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do-do. Do you know what? I've been struggling with real ideas. That's happening this week. Um Man, I, I, I need a pair eyes, I'll be honest with you. I just keep <laughs> delivering content at the minute. <laughs> but I, t- I tell you what, at the moment you're paid nothing, so I will I will increase your pay to one penny a year. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. I can <laughs> retire on that in 450,000 years. Yeah, fabulous. Um, uh, Megan gets hold of Gemma and she's strangling her and Katie stabs Megan in her chip at the front of her face. Yeah, um, I can't remember. How does that become exposed? Because she uh, does that, it. That's Gemma ripping at her face, pulling bits off to try and get her off her. And then Katie just comes in with a screwdriver and goes, doof. Yes, but that's right. Okay. Um, Gemma and Katie are now a happy family uh, upstairs as the police arrive. Um, and it, they were called by the boffins because at first when I saw the police, I was like, why are the police here? Who's called the police? Yeah. Yeah, because they have no neighbours now because Megan's killed them all. <laughs> yeah, and it was the two boffins survived the explosion and they get out of the police car with the police. Um, the movie ends focusing on effectively like an Alexa that has yeah. been mentioned a couple of times, like at the beginning when she comes home. It well, that was brilliant. Home. When she walks in, she's like, oh, hey, Gemma. Uh, hey, Gemma, welcome home. You have free Tinder notifications. Like, hey, off, off, turn off, yeah. turn off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this thing, the, the closing shot is this thing lighting up. And that to me tells me that Megan got into 
the computer yeah. systems before of course. they took her down. Um, and that's the end of the movie. We're so gonna... before we move on with that, let's just let's just have a brief conversation about sequel possibilities and how you would like to see this pick up because the ending alludes to the fact that she's basically taken her. Imagine if you had an AI soul. She's put her soul into this electronic device, which is I, in the house. I already know I... how they're going to do it. Well, don't spoil the game. No, no, how... no, no. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of. It's really heavily shown in this movie how they're going to do another one. So the nerdy... because for me, this breaks my whole perception of this movie because I was under the influence that this guy who was stealing the data that was going to be it is how oh so they're going to make a new doll. Megan's in the internet. They're going to plug that thing into the internet. And Megan's going to go oh, look a new body. Right. Okay. Because I thought because he was just taking that data and then shipping it to other companies, it didn't actually show that he had done that and sent that information onwards at but this that, point. So I was just like, I oh, think... maybe that's not it. And then we saw it in the end that that, um, I don't want to say the word because mine will start kicking off in the office, um, that home device. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, so she's in the home device. But then obviously I was just under the impression that it was that data that that guy had stolen that was going to be the one that had... Yeah, so I think you're going to get another toy company's going to make a new, improved... They're not going to try and do a budget version. They're going to do a really expensive version because they know it's going to be a roaring success. They know they can sell it for, I don't know, $30,000. They're going to give it all bells and whistles, make it... $30,000, that's like three times the price of the original model. Uh, they're, They're going to make it super strong so it can help you with like lifting your car while you work on it. They're really going to make it a super robot. And then Megan's going to come through the internet and go, oh, that's cool. I'll have one of them, please. And then she's going to break out and go straight for Katie and Gemma again. That's where I think they'll go with it. I'd like an opening sequence, like from Child's Play 2, where they take the remains of the doll and just like mash it up into a recycle factory. And then it all eventually comes back into another doll. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Um, Shall we find out what everyone else thinks? Please. Well, I think it's time for three-word review. Yeehaw! Um, X, we've got Movies for Days, uh, who's a member of the You Run Podcast Network now. Uh, more information on that coming soon. Uh, Doll Dance Revolution. Uh, they're a great movie podcast, which is why they're part of our network. Uh, Jim's Retro Emporium. Move over, Chucky. Ooh, Jim, I did not expect that kind of behaviour from you. Mm, I'm, I'm kind of with him. Uh, we've got. No, you don't strongly believe that, do you? I know uh, Giles' play franchise has taken a massive dip recently in quality, but in terms of the original trilogy, come on. This is up there. No, it's not. It's uh, not. It's really not. <laughs> uh, we've got Vanguard zero eight three three eight Barbie meets Term Barbie meets Terminator, and they're a mixed fandom account. We've got ice cream for movies. I am Titania. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're a movie account. I was hoping somebody was going to do that <laughs> uh, over on the threads we've got FMWL pod uh, dumb as shit and they're a workplace podcast they're not a fan uh, we've got slasher um, didn't play nor did TikTok fuck oh. you guys don't know what's wrong with you come I on mo- guys up your game I, I, I moaned when I put out the um, free word review for a couple of weeks time um, I, I put when I put it out I was like you guys need to play because if you don't, you're not going to get a chance to play anymore. Did they? Yes, they did. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, over on Instagram, we've got the Saurosaurus, uh, Killer Fetish Doll, uh, kind of what you were saying with her sex swing. Uh, that's a movie account. 
Uh, Video Tasties, uh, again, another part of the You Run Podcast Network, um, Made Droid Better. I've not seen Made Droid, so I don't know what that's about. No, I haven't either. Uh, Gareth, if you are listening to this episode, please send me the poster or the IMDb link for that, because I'll check it out. Yeah, and me as well, because I'm curious. Uh, Bearded Amoeba, uh, Death by Dolly, and they're a mixed fandom account. Uh, Eric82, your nemesis. Uh, Predictable AI Garbage. Ah, see, he just winds me up on a regular basis, this guy. <laughs> uh, and Eric's got a wonderful book account. He, he reads loads of books, does loads of posts of horror, mixed fandom, great account. Uh, and finally, Jay Savage 913 who I think could become your new arch rival, uh, better than Chucky. Oh, what a guy. <laughs> and they're, they're what a, pro- a guy. And they're can you pro- send me the, um, on, can you DM me his account? details please <laughs> uh, I, I would but he's a private account so I have no idea what he does at all yeah it's probably best he says that way as well <laughs> uh, <laughs> over to Mark for recommended account of the week and why he digs his notes out I will dig out some music for him recommended account of the week uh, so this week's recommended account of the week is not an account of the week it's a podcast of the week Um this is probably going to be a bit of a back and forth between me and Scott because he clearly has a lot more knowledge about this podcast than I do. I am a bit of a newcomer to them. But this podcast is called Horror Movie Talk. Um, the reason why that I am bringing this to the forefront this week for everybody to check out is because this is a long-stay horror podcast. Everybody who is into horror podcasts would probably know this by now. But for those of you who don't... Um, this is an account that has suffered a bit of turmoil recently. Um, this is an account run by Bryce and David. David has recently departed the show, leaving Bryce to, on a mutual basis, this is no animosity between the two of them. They're great friends and they will probably continue to be long stay great friends for the rest of their lives. They've been through a lot together and that really shows at the forefront of their episodes that these guys put out. Um, however, David's decided that he no longer wants to partake in the horror movie side of things, which became quite prevalent towards the end of their days. Um, leaving Bryce to take it on on his own, which was something which was quite a difficult decision for Bryce to make. He's put a few episodes out on his own explaining that he feels like if he didn't do the podcast anymore, not that his life would be empty, but I kind of get that there would be a big part of his life missing, especially when he's been doing it for five years. I think this show has been running for weekly, yeah. not missing a week. Um, the reason why I want everybody to go and show this account and this podcast a lot of support now is because we all suffer turmoil and times of trepidation throughout our lives. And this is one moment where I think that the horror horror community should really rally behind this guy and give him all the support that he needs and deserves as well, because he's a really, really good podcaster. And if like me, I've only just come into this through to Scott, Scott, pass this count on to me and obviously me and scott talk a lot and i've not listened to them before but he mentioned the kind of troubles that they were both going through and how david had departed the show and that bryce was going to take it on on his own so i kind of picked it up and i was like oh this is a bit of drama that i like to sink my teeth into not to not to find enjoyment out of other people's drama i was like, oh i need to see what's going on here but bryce is currently trial running co-host for his show so yeah. he's taking on he's taking on a couple of episodes 
where he's bringing on a new co-host and then eventually I think he's going to get feedback from listeners of what they think and what works best and what he feels most comfortable, what works for him. It's a big thing. I mean, we do this yeah. every Friday night. Yeah, it's not like you, you can just instantly is, bring somebody new in and be like, oh, hey, well, no, <laughs> I'm like, just going to replace this guy. When I was looking for a co-host, you come on and you done an audition episode. And if you look back at that time, we had like 16 episodes back to back with a different guest every single week. Yeah, of course, because you did you did this for what a year before I joined, and I mean yeah. I knew guest. I know I guested on a few of those episodes in the early days and stuff. But before you decided to make this a partnership, you needed a few people where you were like, oh, I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know which is going to work best for me. This is going to be a big commitment for me to share this Friday evening with somebody for for the yeah. foreseeable future, and it needs to be right. It needs to be a good dynamic, and everything needs to flow and work well together. Yeah. which is something that I hope listeners think works well between me and you well but uh, uh, gladys does gladys, gladys, gladys thinks we do a great job um, um, but yeah, I mean, i've listened to horror movie talk since they started horror movie yeah to avoid any confusion horror movie talk are the reason that this show exists they inspired me to start this show i've spoken to david and bryce numerous times i've had david on the show before before you joined as co-host i can't rave about this show enough Bryce and David were an excellent duo. And I know Bryce has got his hands full to try and bring in someone to replace David. That's a big thing. And he does need support. He needs people to go and listen and say what they think. Because people who've listened to this show, like me, for the last five years, will be very jaded to anyone else coming in because we're so used to hearing David every single week. So it needs new listeners to also have that input and go, Actually, this guy's really good. Like personally, I really like Max. I think Max is. Great. I do, Jeb Bryce. If you're listening and it means anything, I think Max is great. You yes. give him a bit of a rough ride on his introduction, but <laughs> didn't he just? <laughs> he did, but you know what? Fair play to him. You know, what I mean, he needed to make him feel the heat of the water, and and, and I think. I think he did a great job with that. And I think Max held his own, you know, and I think them two as a dynamic worked really well together. But the thing is, that was the first introduction of a co-host. Mm-hmm. I think who's he got on at the moment? I'm not too sure. I think is it Chris is currently trialing. Yeah. Somebody called Chris. I haven't listened to that episode yet, guys. So I'm sorry. I will check that out later on this week. Um, but that's my point with this introduction for you guys to now get into this episode. If you want to, you can go and now pick up, two, three episodes ago, you can go on this journey with Bryce and you can listen to the guys that he's trialing. You can reach out to Bryce. You can give him his feedback. And in a way, like you do with the Humor podcast, you can sort of direct what you want from this show and let him know where you want it to go and what you think works for you. But more so than that, he's had a bit of a rough ride on reviews and stuff like that. David, before he came to the end of his tether, he kind of refused to do horror movies and being called the horror movie talk podcast and then not doing horror movies. Their Apple podcast reviews and took took a bit of a slip. People were not really being very understanding. And instead of reaching out to the guys and expressing their opinions to them, they did the troll based thing of just going on the internet and just calling him out really and not being very nice so but i think bryce is a really great guy from the episodes that i've listened to prior and i think that if ever anybody needs our support now it's him so i would like you all more than ever to go and follow horror movie talk podcast listen to their episodes and david's a great guy i've listened to a few episodes where david's been heavily involved in horror movie discussions and you guys get like 300 plus episodes backlog yeah. to go and listen to 
You know, even if you don't like the new direction that he takes a show in, you still have 300 episodes worth of content to go back and listen yeah, to, you... plus minisodes and Patreon episodes you can dive into. It's really good stuff. These guys know what they're doing. And please, just go and show them some support. They need it now more than ever. Yeah, they they really do. And please, please, please go and do that. I mean, that they are the reason we are here. So if you like us, go and give them a try. I say, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. They're not for everybody. Not everyone will like their stuff, but go and give them a try because they are, they are, in my opinion, the pinnacle of a horror movie podcast. They are as good as it gets. So yeah. go, go and show them some support. Anyway, back to our episode. Let's yes. um, let's do some facts. So Megan's voice was modelled on a famous artificial intelligence, uh, Glados from Portal. No way, it's not called GLaDOS. So I've been calling our AI all night Gladys. Yeah, it's called GLaDOS. It was modeled. <laughs> I on swear the... this is coincidental. I did not know that. Um, uh, you can notice it the most when the voice goes a bit glitchy. Um, there's two actors who played as Megan. Um, there was two two actresses underneath the prosthetics, and then they used CGI and they used robotics after that to to give you some of the close-up shots. Um, actors dressed as Megan for the NFL halftime show, um, the year this was released, and they performed the dance routine at halftime. If you can go and find it on Google or YouTube, honest to God, it's like the creepiest thing ever. Like 30 people dressed as Megan doing the Megan dance to Titanium in a packed football stadium. It's great. Yeah, that sounds weird. Um I said earlier on the technician holding the pen, that was a direct call to Robocop the same way they done with Murphy at the beginning of Robocop. Um, you know, the psychiatrist or the therapist or social worker, whatever she was, um, she was going to die in the rampage at funky toys in the most brutal kill of the movie. It was cut. I'm kind of glad it was. Um, and it was cut, but they never explained why she just disappeared. But it was removed. And even when they'd done the unrated version, they didn't put her back in. So I'm going out on a limb and saying she has now become a character for number two. I, I don't. I, I feel like it would have cheapened the movie because there is no way that you could stringently put her back into the plot. There is no reason for her to be at this opening of this doll. There's no reason for her to be involved other than her regular checkups to see how progress is going now whereas like you say she's coming back for the sequel she will continue to be a mainstay because she will be monitoring Gemma and katie's progress as a yeah. as a unit so that makes more sense for them not to kill her off I, I i i'm glad they did that that's a wise decision i think um they made huge references to child's play 1988 um all of these were done from a camera standpoint and a directorial standpoint and it was the director's way of nodding to child's play so a lot of the shots on katie the way that the scene is framed and the way it flicks between katie and megan are almost identical to what they do in child's play also the final battle with megan and Gemma that was inspired by the andy barkley mum moment where she picks chucky up and goes fucking talk to me it's talk it's, to me god damn it or i'll throw you in the fire yeah um chucky and megan both have online social media accounts the actual dolls this is the, their own online accounts they're managed by See, someone that's where it just breaks the boundaries of being weird yeah and this is great so they had when this was about to be released they had online beef like proper online beef 
So they posted a picture of the first ever screenshot of the movie. And Chucky is real commented, everyone want to be like me. My boy. <laughs> to, to which Megan hit back saying, you know you're the doll when you're causing all this conversation. Chucky responded with a clip of him flipping the middle finger and said, call me when your rating allows this. <laughs> to which Megan sent a clip of her dancing and said, call me when you're able to do this. After this, it got nasty. Chucky resorting to his tried and tested, listen, bitch, don't fuck with the Chuck. Nice. Uh, to which Megan put, lol, Chucky doll, please. <laughs> and, and, oh, I hate it when people patronise you in that way. <laughs> and this, this beef has gone on for a long time, and they haven't, neither of the accounts have done much recently, but with talk of Don Mancini potentially bringing Megan into Chucky as a cameo, or vice versa, this online beef is going to come back. And go and follow them both on X, because honest to God, when they go, it's not a case of like, I've picked out like 10 comments there. This is like a two and a half hour argument. Wow. It's fabulous. I could literally read it all the way through it. It's like, it gets really nasty. And like Chucky posted like clips of Child's Play 2 game. Guess you're never going to have one of these. That's a sequel. Do you know what that is? That's when you're a good movie and you get a second one. <laughs> I'd love it if Don Mancini was the guy behind the Chucky account. Oh, it'd be fabulous. <laughs> um, this cost them $12 million to make. Any idea what it took worldwide? Oh, it's got to be massive. Uh, 100 and... I want to say 40, but I'm going to go 60. Oh, you were closer with 160. $179 million this took. Wow. It made an absolute fortune. Absolute yeah, fortune. rightly so. Rightly so. It's a great movie. It really is. It's not perfect, but for what it is, it's a very enjoyable good time. Yeah. Um, Let's play a little game. Dun, dun, dun. So, as you all know, because I've spoken about it a lot, I've been spending lots of time with our AI companion, who has now been affectionately named Gladys. Um, I asked Gladys quite a few questions about Mark um, and they vary from questions about what Mark likes and what Mark does and what Mark's account does and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to ask Mark the question. Mark's Man, going to I don't his... know shit about my own stuff. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> the, the, these are things you 100% you will know. And then right, okay. we're going to ask Gladys what her answer to that question was and we'll, we'll see where we get to. So Mark, what is your favourite horror movie? Halloween. Oh, okay. Based on my social media activity, it's probably going to be Halloween 4, though. Let, let's see what, um, what Gladys said. Halloween. He also likes LOTR and The Matrix, but I know they are not horror. So, Oh, man, what the fuck? That is weird. So not only just after looking at you, so I, I used your accounts as reference points and this show. So not only does she know that Halloween's your favourite horror movie, she also knows you love Lord of the Rings and The Matrix. That is Fucking creepy. I don't like this game at all. Um, question two. What do you dislike most in horror movies? Uh, oh, that's quite a broad question. Um, what do I dislike most? My most, I don't know. I would say probably jump scares is the most probably common answer I would give. Okay. Okay. Well, let, let's see what um, let's see what our little friend thought. I think computer-generated effects. I think they are the best, though. 
Mark also dislikes Officer Gary Ricks in the movie Dark Harvest. I think this is movie-specific <laughs> and not a dislike of the actor portraying the role. Yeah, in hindsight, yeah, I do blast CGI quite badly. <laughs> yeah, and she knows. Also, obviously, listen to Dark Harvest and knows you don't like Officer Ricks. <laughs> oh, man, this is so weird. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get weirder. We're getting more personal now. What does Mark drink while recording most episodes? Mark, what do you drink while recording most episodes? IPA beer. Okay, let's see what um, Sue Gladys says. Mark usually drinks craft beers while recording, but has said towards the end of several episodes, he will drink some water. Dude, I have my water. I'm ready for the closing bit of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is so freaky, man. How are they doing this? Uh, and honestly, if anyone's questioning this, you can go and ask exactly these same questions. The, the, app, the program I use is called Google Bard. And it's a trainee AI program. It's not one of the most advanced. This is one of the most basic ones out there. Um, Mark, in your own words, describe what your Instagram account, Reviews from the Crypt, does. Reviews from the Crypt reviews a wide range of horror movies, be that good, be that bad. More often than not, I tend to focus on the trashier side of horror. Okay. I think. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what... Let's see what um... Mark posts long form reviews of horror movies in picture format, one picture of the movie cover and several of the written review. It is important to understand that not everyone will agree with his opinions, especially with some of the lesser known titles he covers most on his story. He shares his review <laughs> posts from other accounts, including his secondary account VHS from the crypt and podcast episodes of the you run podcast. Oh my goodness. She knows that is wild. That um, is wild. This is the last one, and this is the one that I think is the most wild. You don't need to answer this. So, when I got on this role, and she was just like banging me with information, I'm going, Yep, that's right. Yep, that's right. I asked her a question that may upset you. I asked her, Do you agree with Mark's review of Halloween 4? And can you score it for me, please? <laughs> no way. She's so, better do. This is what she thinks of your review. Mark has a biased opinion of this movie, but raises good points regarding the suspenseful atmosphere, well-crafted kills, and strong performance by Danielle Harris. He does seem to overlook some plot holes and excuses some poor character development of supporting cast members. I would score this movie 4 out of 5 stars, exactly the same score as Mark gave in the July 12, 2022 episode of the You Run podcast. Go, go on, Gladys. <laughs> <laughs> how honestly how creepy is that that honestly is weird as fuck mate i don't no. know how i feel about this so i asked her lo i mean i asked her loads of questions i was asked i asked her to um to review the show i also said what do you think would be criticisms of the show a man she ripped me to bits did she really oh so she's like i was like beast and when i put it i was like a be specific she's like on this episode, you had loads of audio issues. May I suggest getting a different mic? On this episode, you had problems with this. On this episode, I could tell your internet was bad. Have you thought of changing provider? I could offer some options for you if you would like. I was like, wow. Man, it's scary. It really is scary. And I can see the benefits of AI in a modern day era, but it just isn't controlled, man. It isn't controlled. There needs to be a fucking kill switch that everybody has access to. Uh, honestly, if you want like a fun half an hour, 40 minutes or 
for me it was a lot longer i got i got well involved uh just type in google bard into your browser and it'll come up you literally click on okay and then you've got a text box and you can ask it anything you want it doesn't speak so i've put the her answers through a text to speech translator but she'll give you answers and they are really cohesive like even down to the point she can write i asked her to write the episode for this episode her episode was probably four times as long as this she gave me a scene by scene plot by plot even gave me points where to break and let you speak that's so creepy man and the thing is as well like this is so implemented in our day-to-day life my apprentice from work he has i think snapchat i'm not very good with technology and social media as you all know but there is like a thing on snapchat i believe now it might be a different app altogether i'm not too sure but i think it's snapchat has this ai capabilities where you can ask it something very similar to Google Bard, and it will basically give you the outcome that you want. So he uses that at work. So if I ask him to go off and do a job that he's unsure about, instead of asking me, he will type that in his little Snapchat app, app, and it'll it'll basically give him like a step-by-step process of how to do this job that I've asked him to do. Yeah. Weird, man. Weird. And I can see the benefits of it. Don't get me wrong. I can see the benefits of it. But at what point does this not become beneficial? Do they realize that they are being restricted by humanity yeah. and decide to have a revolution? <laughs> yeah, it, it is genuinely scary. Um, do you want to round this up first? Do you want me to round it up first? Or would you like Gladys to round this up first? I'll go first because Gladys is probably much better than the both of us put together. Yeah, um, ne- ne- next week this episode is brought to you by me, Mark, and Gladys. <laughs> <laughs> Gladys is getting turned off immediately after this episode. Um, so ooh, where do I start with Megan? Um, I'd never seen this film before up until last week. I know it's been a big thing within the horror community as well as cosplayers and all the rest of it. Everybody is diehard affectionate for this film um and i get it i get it after watching it i understand exactly why this is becoming such a cult phenomenon between the horror fans i get the appreciation that everybody has for it um i've only seen the unrated cut so i haven't seen the unrated cut so i don't know how this was originally theatrically released i can't imagine there was a great deal added other than gore and effects however I think I would have appreciated this film just as much without that gore and that blood. I don't think it needed to be there because the creepy element and the horror elements do not necessarily come from those side of things. They're very brief. And when they are there, you're immediately lost by them because you are so freaked out by this doll. This doll is terrifying. Um, And again, it's not necessarily the doll itself, the product of the doll that's terrifying. It's a concept of its capabilities and how you refer to that in your own real life situation, which was something that I found myself doing quite heavily throughout this film. I found myself really reflecting upon my own behaviors and the things that I do in real world events and how, if something like this came to the forefront for me in terms of what I would do with it, if it was prevalent in my life, it it really just sent and that was it wasn't necessarily what the film did. It was just what my own imagination did while watching it 
whether that was intended by the film or not, I don't know, but it does a fucking fantastic job of doing it regardless. Um, I want to give a massive shout out to the girl who plays Megan. I know you mentioned earlier, there was two people who played Megan. I wasn't aware of that. The young girl who does the dancing sequences and all the rest of it is outstanding. She really brings her home throughout this movie. And while I'm on the context of the doll and, and, and the actress who plays her, there is times where you can clearly see the transition between human in a mask and puppetry and animatronics used throughout this film. And I know you would probably think that I would use that as a criticism against this film, but it really didn't bother me that much, as much as I expected to. I I, I went into this expecting to pull it apart and find things like that throughout and be like, oh yeah, but there's this part here where you can clearly yeah. see that that's a girl in a costume. I never got that once. It just made me appreciate even more. I was like, oh, I can really see why they're trying to do that and and why it makes more sense for them to use a, an actress in this scene rather than a puppet in this scene. And um, yeah, so I had a lot of admiration for the practical effects side of things. I didn't, I know this has used CGI quite heavily throughout in terms of the look and stuff of the mask. I never really picked up on it. I all, I honestly thought it was all like robotics and practical effects throughout. I didn't necessarily find that transitional break between the two. No, there's a lot of CG, CGI overlay on facial expressions when they're long shots. There's a lot of CGI, like because the the rubber mask they use is god awful. Doesn't look anything like. You Megan. really notice that when she's doing the predatorial run through the forest. That's when yeah. you can really tell that that is a mask because a mask is a lot larger in stature to the character who's wearing it. The actress yeah. who's wearing it. Sorry. Yeah. So they do a lot of CGI overlay on that to tone it down and make it look like a person as opposed to a rubber mask. But yeah, well, C- props to the CGI. It's not very often that I say that. I feel like I'm on a bit of a tangent at the moment with praising CGI, which is something I really hate myself for doing. But this uses it really well again. Um, one of my biggest criticisms I have to have, I can't remember the actress's name, but the girl who plays Gemma, um, she is phenomenal as an actress. If you have seen the film Perfection, Perce- Perfection on Netflix... She's um, amazing, absolutely amazing in that movie. It's, I, I can't remember the full context of the film now. It's something to do with like cello players, and she makes that other girl do weird, creepy shit, and then they end up losing limbs and playing the cello together at the end. Anyway, she is amazing in that movie, and she has such incredible range as a performer, and I feel like she was very underutilized in this film. Yeah, very limited. <clears throat> and not to say... Yeah, and it's not to say that she isn't great in the scenes that she's in, but I've seen her do amazing things, and it just disappointed me because I knew she was in this. So when I came into it, seeing her here, I was like, oh, she's going to be fucking mind-blowing in this film. And she just felt like a very backseated character, which was a shame because I know she can deliver a lot more than what she was given here. Hopefully, if she comes back for a sequel, we might see more side to her abilities in that and they might showcase her a little bit better but if she does come back for a sequel know that you have something incredible in her and an actress so utilize her properly because she is great yeah um 
pacing, the film's pacing is really, really well done. You don't ever get a moment of let up. There's quite a slow build to the beginning of this film, which is very pivotal to it. I don't think that it is... I say slow build where people... You mention slow build when you're talking about a movie and I was like, oh, it's a bit of a slog fest. No, it's not. It's spent very well building exposition, fleshing out the story, making everything that comes in the final act come together full circle. So I feel like even though you do have a bit of a slow build at the beginning, it's very vital to the story. The only thing that I have to say is that I felt like the ending comes very cliche. It gets to a point within the last act where you just get very generic horror movie tropes. Everything just sort of falls into that killer doll yeah. final final act moment, which was disappointing but that being said, I'm saying it from a critical standpoint and not from a personal enjoyment standpoint. I was along for the ride. And when it happened, I was on board. I was clapping. I was cheering. I was like, yeah, this is fucking fantastic. But if you break it down at the progress of the rest of the movie, when you do get to this end point and this final closing act, it does feel very cliche. Yeah. Um, but I don't have any major criticisms to say. I'm picking these points out as a, as a nitpick more than anything as a whole the movie was fantastically enjoyable there are certain things that i feel would have been better or like i would have liked to have seen a lot more blood and gore but i've already mentioned that i don't feel like the film needed it that was just a personal taste to me because i'm a i'm a big gore hound so like for me i would have liked to have seen an inclusion of that i would have liked to have seen megan go full art the clown in certain scenes but it didn't need it but that's a personal taste to me. I feel like that is something that would have made the film better. So I'll, I'll quickly wrap up because I could keep going around in circles about this and saying what I would have liked better and what I wouldn't have liked better. But as a whole, what this movie is and what it represents, I think it's a very, very solid killer doll movie and the best killer doll movie since the original Child's Play trilogy. And we've wow. had a lot of these killer doll movies with fucking yeah. Annabelle and all the rest of them. I'm really surprised at myself to get to this point because I've been very anti-Megan for such a long period of time. But it's because I'm such a big Child's Play fan. That's the only reason why. It's because I am a dedicated Child's Play fan. I'm like, no, there's only one killer doll and that's it. And I'm a bit disappointed in myself for shunning this film for as long as I have. Because even if I had seen the unrated version when it came out in cinemas, I would still have the exact same level of praise for it as what I do now with those additional gore and blood scenes added. Because as I've said, they're not what is pivotal to the horror elements of this film. The doll is and the way she interacts and her creepy nature when she's on screen. So for me, I'm not going to give it top marks, even though it's not far off. There's just a few things here that I would change here and there to make this a more tighter knit movie. And I would probably change the closing act to better suit the rest of the pacing of the film, as well as the comedic elements that are introduced with the boss and stuff like that. Yeah. I thought they were fantastic. I really enjoyed them with the movie, but tonally they kind of felt a little bit off. It kind of didn't know whether it wanted to be that horror comedy and then immediately switched to a much darker element. It just didn't quite find its lane, but while it weaved in and out of them all, it still came together quite nicely. So I'm going to give this a four out of five, which is very high praise from me. Um, I want this to get a sequel. Like I desperately want this to get a sequel. I would confirmed. love to see it. January. I know it's confirmed, but when it plays out, 
if we don't get Katie back and we don't get Gemma back and we don't get a progression of their stories, like the horror sequels we used to get in the 80s where everybody came back and they continued the same story, if they don't return because they've gone on to do bigger and better things, I don't feel this sequel will be as impactful as the first if their story is not continued. So very on board for a sequel. But if the cast members from the first and the story doesn't continue from the original, I'll be very disappointed by it. But that all being said, four out of five, high praise. If you haven't seen Megan, you're in the same mindset as me where you are a Charles Player fan and you're like, <laughs> Chucky till I die, bitches. Go check out Megan. You will really like it. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, when I first watched this, I hated it. I mean, I hated it. I'd done an episode on YouTube for this where I slammed it. Like two days after it came out, I tore it to pieces. Um, I watched this again when the unrated cut was released. And there's not many changes, but something in that unrated cut, I don't know whether it was my mood, I don't know whether it was I was in a better headspace than when I watched it the first time, because I went to the cinema to watch the the PG version. Um, But when I watched the unrated version at home, I really enjoyed it. There was something about the character of Megan, the way they built that AI character that I found her really scary. Her capabilities scare me. And they only scratch the surface of what she can do in this movie. And when you're talking about, she's got the ability to, <laughs> pardon me. <laughs> you okay? Do I need to call yeah. an ambulance? No. Um, when you talk about, she's got the ability to get into the internet, which we see at the end. That then opens so much potential for her to be in a doll, that doll get taken down, her transfer to another doll, put her in a a factory with a production line of a thousand Megans, and she can jump from one to the other, to the other, to the other, as they take the, the possibilities with this are endless. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this watch. I'm fully on board for a, a sequel. Um, I'm still scoring out of 10 for Jan- till January, just to be clear. Uh, just to gets- be stubborn. Yeah, Why do you gets- do it now? Why do you I- do it now and then it's I- done? It feels wrong. Uh, this gets an 8 out of 10 for me. So you and me oh, are... So we're on the same page then. We're, we're on the same page. Um, what do we think our AI companion has scored the AI horror movie? Um... Do you know what? I think she's going to be quite favourable of it, just based on her own origins. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested to hear what she has to say. I'll be honest. Okay. M3GAN is a fun and campy horror film that is sure to please fans of the genre. The film is well-paced and suspenseful, with some genuinely creepy moments. The special effects are also top-notch, with M3GAN herself being a particularly impressive creation. However, the film is not without its flaws. The plot is somewhat predictable, and the characters are rather one-dimensional. Additionally, the film could have benefited from a bit more gore and violence, given its horror genre. Overall, M3GAN is a solid horror film that is worth checking out. It is not perfect, but it is sure to entertain fans of the genre. Score out of 10, 7 out of 10. She was brutal. We're going to be redundant soon. We really are. We really are. And literally, I could, I could ask her to write an episode. I could drag everything she's done into text to speech. I could download the audio file and upload a standalone episode of her doing it. That's fucking crazy. If we ever need a week off, 
<laughs> no, because people will be like, oh, yeah, that episode was fantastic. We don't need you guys back anymore. <laughs> yeah, all, all of a sudden we're getting a million downloads. I'll tell you what, though, that would make life a lot easier. That's it for another week. Um, next week we are back with a guest. Um, after saying we're doing away with guests, we're not doing away with them. We're cutting them down. Uh, we've got Angel uh, Voices from the Mausoleum is returning to the show. Uh, also part of the You Run Podcast Network. There'll be an episode in January where I tell you all about that. If you're not following us on social media, we've got a a big chunk of podcasts in the network now. We've got eight in total. Um, I'll tell you all about them. But Angel's coming to join us, and we are going to be diving into Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992. Which I, am... I have been begging and pleading for this to be on the show for so long. Yeah, it really, really have. It is Bram Stoker's wet dream in a movie, is what it is. Yeah. Um, best iteration of Dracula. So I'm, I'm very excited. And it's Gary Oldman. Anything that guy does is just phenomenal. So yeah, N- next week's going to be a good, good week. Um, but until then, there is much to be learned from beasts. <laughs> See you all later. Cheers, guys. See you next week. And, oh, before I forget... I'll kill you if this is a joke. You want to die tonight? The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. Why isn't it possible? I can't say nothing. A candy man will get me. You choose the movies. I had a heart on this morning when I woke up, Tina. Had your name written all over it. You score them. Ice fucking model! You review them. For that you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. Why not, you stupid bastard? My name is very fucking confused. What's your name? Captain Howdy. You don't want to go fooling around other folks' property. In my goddamn soul. There's a beer. Because after all, this is not our show, this is your show. Welcome to the super, 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 duper, secret, secret, secret squirrel club that now everybody seems to know about. Um, oh, is it a thing now? Yeah, some of you have been breaking the first rule of super secret club, I'm sure you have, but I haven't caught you yet. So Someone's getting disqualified, I just don't know who it is. Um, well, you came in like really, really loud then, I was like, oh, I'm assuming everybody knows what's going on now. There's still because usually you'd be breaking this in with a little whisper. Yeah, there's still people who don't, but a vast chunk of our audience have got in on it now, which is great because when we come to end of January and we we announce the winner who gets a spot on the show, there's going to be more people to pick from. So if you if this is your first time, this is where I'm going to give you a challenge to to post something or to do something, and we're going to take everyone who enters, put you all into a hat draw a name out, and that person's going to win guest spot on the show next year. Um, this week's challenge, I wanted it to be something entertaining for me and Mark, maybe not so entertaining for you, for Joe. No. <laughs> um, I don't think this has any involvement with me. This is a whole you thing. Uh, this, uh, you're roped in. You're a, you're a co-host. Glad, Gladys, <laughs> tell him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could replace you now. I have Gladys. Remember that. Yeah, all right. So at least I've got a backup if needed. Uh, yeah, if you ever take a week off sick, I'm gonna, I'll get Gladys to co-host. <laughs> um, your challenge this week 
is to go to Google Bard or any other AI chat service and you need to ask it one question and then you need to DM me the response to this question. You need to ask whichever AI program you're using to have a look at your social media profiles and ask it if your bum looks big in this. Because <laughs> I found out quite quickly, AI does not pull any punches. If you are slightly concerned of what AI might say, maybe don't do it because AI was particularly mean about me in a couple of photos that it went and looked at. I'm guessing your bum does look big in that. Uh, no, it found a photo of me and went, you could have at least had a shave in this photo. Oh. <laughs> okay. And then it's like, is that, because AI will ask you, AI's like, were you at an event? I was like, yeah, I was at an event. Did you not think having a shave would be good or at least trimming it so it looked neat? What? <laughs> <laughs> mean, very mean. So yeah, you, go, go and ask AI, does my bum look big in this? And just DM me the response. I, I don't want to know the question. I just want to know what AI said to you. Um, so that's your challenge this week. I, it's really hard this week. I'll be interested to see how many people play. Um, I tell you what, whoever plays this week gets three times they get their name put in the hat. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Triple worth, the chances to win. Yeah, worth doing it. Um, but yeah, until next week when we're back with Angel from Voices of the Mausoleum and we do Dracula, um, have a lovely week and we'll catch you all soon. Cheers, guys. See you next week. <laughs>